Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Broadcast, episode number 427. I'm Chris. I'm John. Thought we all said we were ready there, John. I'm Paul. <laughs> he started to like push his chair back from the microphone. He's like, I, I guess I speak next. I, I was going to be loud. I didn't want to be too close to the microphone. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we're looking forward to coming out today. Uh, November 18th, 2020. You did move your chair back for that one. I didn't. He doesn't need to because I level, I run it through a level later. I know you do. Everything comes ah. the same volume. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. Uh, this week, we're actually going to be celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Disney Plus streaming service. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite things that we watch on it, some of our not-so-favorite things, uh, what we want from it, and then what was the other one? Uh, something else coming out that we're looking forward to. Mm. Mm. Black Widow's coming out on it soon, right? Yeah. We'll Maybe see. New Mutants, too. I just would like to get together with you guys and uh, sit down and watch something on Disney Plus with that watch-along feature while drinking. And that's a, that's a thing that we can do. Well, we're not going to do that now, but we will drink together now on this episode. And, uh, John, you were swirling your beer at me oh, earlier. Do you see this? Like the, the, what? The, what? It's, the scum it's put on the sides of my glass. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking from Mortalis Brewery out of... Uh, they're in the Rochester area. This is their Gemini. This is a blueberry, passion fruit, cinnamon roll, vanilla, maple cream fruited sour. Coming in at 7%. Canned in this growler on 11-13-2020. And this beer is absolutely delicious. Uh, $20 for the growler. Every dollar worth it. Um, the blueberry and the cinnamon from that cinnamon roll are just dancing on your tongue. It's absolutely delicious. Uh, I can't say anything negative about this. I, I would think it would be like a too many flavors at the same time all kind of clashing together. You're saying it works. It all dances on your tongue. The, in a how did it, the blueberry, uh, the blueberry and the cinnamon are the lead lead flavors. Um, the passion fruit, I don't think you really really get. Cinnamon's on the nose. Uh, maple cream, I don't know if they're using that just to help maybe soften everything, but this this beer is absolutely delicious. It tastes like somebody made a really good. Blueberry, like crumble, cinnamony cake, and then pureed it, and I'm drinking it. It's absolutely delicious. All right, nice. Paul. Chris, uh, can you? Oh, I, I was going to throw it over to you because you were excited to not just even drink your beer, but do some research about it. Yeah, I'm drinking. I picked up a variety pack uh, from Left Hand Brewery, and this is a. Uh, all on nitro. They're all tall boy nitro cans. And uh, this is going to be, they're getting tiki with it, nitro. A pina colada wheat ale. 
Uh, so uh, I don't know the ABV on this because I started getting into the research of what the heck uh, is pina colada even tiki, and I still say no. This made in nineteen uh, discovered or invented, invented or discovered. I don't know which. Uh, in 1963. So I say that puts it out of the original tiki era. It's not really a tiki drink. Though Chris has an argument. No, I was going to say, this is now the third time I've heard Paul say this since we started our <laughs> Skype call. Because he told me, and then he told John, and now he's told all of you. Yeah. At 7.5% alcohol by volume. Uh, they list the IBUs, which I hate. I won't get into that now. Well, now I uh, want to know how many IBUs is it? 35. Lower. Tw- mm, 13. Higher. <laughs> I feel like Bob Barker. 18. Lower. 15? 15! It also says, good to go from the can, like a pro in a glass. So, uh, to try to make it feel more tiki-ish, I put it in one of my geeky tiki mugs. My mermaid geeky tiki mug um, from their Legendary Creatures line. It's the only one I have from their Legendary Creatures line. I only have two of the geeky tiki mugs. Um, the other one is the Darth Vader. Uh, just to try to make it more tiki uh, and also make it try to be a little bit more fun. I do get a little bit of pineapple on it, but it's just a, wheat, a very light wheat ale so with very light flavors, you know, kind of supporting it. Not in love with it, but man, that nitro smooth, smooth, so. smooth as a mermaid's back. Mm-hmm. Because of all the water, it makes it smooth. Don't don't need to moisturize. Always moisturized. I, I, I see you have your mermaid the poor way. I'd like my mermaid reverse, where the fish is on top and you got the the bottom half. The lady, lady parts on the bottom half. Chris, what are you drinking? Is it as good as a reverse mermaid? Is it is it too too late to quit doing this podcast with you guys? <laughs> oh, like I, that's nowhere near the worst thing that I've said. And Paul said way worse things than that. <laughs> uh, much like Paul, I too am drinking a variety pack, and this is actually coming from Wicked Weed Brewing out of Asheville, North Carolina, and this is their Guilty Pleasures. Uh, Imperial Stout Variety Pack. Uh, there's four cans in here. They're just your regular, what, like 12-ounce cans. Um, starting off with their German Chocolate Cake, 8.8% ABV. This is an Imperial Stout brewed with chocolate and coconut flavors. And, yeah, it, it's definitely a chocolate stout with a lot of coconut bite on it. Uh Paul and I were talking for a little bit before we actually started recording the show while John was getting his computer updated. And it was really hard not to like, sink my teeth into this because I really wanted to just start drinking it. It's definitely more of a sipper. Like it's a strong enough chocolate, ris- uh, chocolate richness and then coconut flavor on it that you don't need to take big gulping sips. But it's so flavorful that you kind of want to. I don't know if that makes sense. Tell me if you guys understand what I meant by that. Yeah, a little I bit have... goes a, a little bit goes a long way, but you you want to keep drinking it, but you don't need to. Like it just kind of coats the tongue, like with that nice kind of nuttiness. 
there's those beers that are absolutely delicious that you want to just keep sipping it because you just continuously want that flavor. This is one of those beers where you really like the flavor, but this flavor stays with you, so you don't have to just keep drinking it. Uh, it has a really nice, rich mouthfeel. Like it's, I think if this was in a nitro like Paul's pack, like this would be mm-hmm. like like a little bit of creaminess on top of it. Like this would be perfect. Um, I did put it at a three, though. It's it's good, but there's other chocolate coconut stouts that I would probably pick over it, but. Not bad. Um, this is actually the first beer I've ever had from Wicked Wheat. I've heard of them before. John, you confirmed that they're pretty good. Um, I'm looking forward to trying the other three in there. Two more than one of the other ones, but we'll get to that. Wicked Weed was one of those up-and-rising like breweries that everybody would trade for, everybody wanted. People would take those huge drives for it. Um, their sours were a big thing. People love their sours. Uh, and then I believe they sold to AB, like they sold to Amheuser-Busch. A lot like some breweries do. Um, the reason you can still drink Blue Point beers is because they sold to AB. And they Those were able... is a fantastic beer. Like that's, that's a go-to bargatory beer. It allowed them to expand. It allowed them to build a new brewery. It allowed them to get their beer out there. The sad thing is, is people then turn their back on that beer because they sold out. You see that a lot, even with uh, Goose Island. The only the only reason people still buy Goose Island is because they go crazy for the bourbon counties. Um, and they don't treat it this, like because they like that beer, they don't treat Goose Island like the same way, but when Wicked Weed sold, they were having a huge, like, um, they do a huge sour fest every year, and, like, they'll sell out, like, in a day, and I believe, like, they sold, like, half tickets. It took, like, a month for them to sell, like, half their tickets because they announced that they were selling to AB, like, the beer community turned on them. But every beer that I've had from Wicked Weed... I've thought was, yeah, that's, they've nailed that style. Wow, that's great. That's really good. And it's just uh, it's just interesting. Like, you don't hear people talk about the brewery anymore. Also, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking of our friend, producer Scott, super friend, producer Scott. Um, and he's, uh, like, I'm, I could get that beer, but I can get something as good or maybe just slightly worse local. Like, why would I bother? He no longer wants to chase anything out of state. He will find the beer that scratches that itch at a local brewery. Like, I'm like, yeah, but it's got, like, all-day IPA. Can you beat it? He's like, yeah, you know, I can get a low-alcohol, like, thing from uh, another place. And it's right now I'm spending more money, but it's local. So, like, he'll spend more, a little bit more money, maybe drink something not as quite as good. But just because, hey, it's he can drive to the brewery at like in ten fifteen minutes, and maybe that's also like with the selling of ABV, that's also come around where a lot more breweries have been opening. Like, we, there's now uh, there's a new one in Orchard Park. Yeah. Uh, what is? 
Uh, what is it? I don't. Um, I don't know the name. I haven't. Oh, I haven't because something line. I, unfortunately, like, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go there in in these times right now. Yeah. But, right. But yeah, we had one open up in um, North Tonawanda. Like first line. Sorry, I just I looked first, into it because first line. Yeah, first uh, line in Orchard Park and then Froth in uh, in uh, North Tonawanda. There, right? Uh, no, it's it's called. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Prost. Prost, maybe? Prost. I don't know. Never been. No. I mean, me, as me someone either. who grew up in Orchard Park, I was just I was making just... sounds with my mouth, and I assumed a brewery opened with that confluence <sighs> of noise. I was just uh, intrigued because I I grew up in Orchard Park, so I was just wondering more so where it was located in relation to my mom's house, just so... Whenever I'm allowed to go back up to Buffalo, I can uh, go check it out. Prosper, Paul. Mm. Prost was close. I knew. I knew. I knew if I just made random sounds with my mouth that eventually it would get close to a brewery's name. Because that's and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, granted, a lot of these you know large size microbreweries sold off to AB or different breweries, but also a bunch of local breweries have also been opening. Uh, so, and are, is the community turning their back on them, or is the community getting more smaller community? Uh, I would say maybe a little bit of both. Okay. But I would say it was more turning their back on them. We, we had worked out a deal, the my beer comp my the my beer store. We had worked out a deal with Blue Point, and we started bringing in their Hazy Bastard, which is their New England IPA. The heads of my my store had gone there. They worked out this deal, and they brought it in. And I had a lot of people, and the beer beer was great. It was a twelve ninety nine, really excellent New England IPA. Uh, nice. And we had a lot of people who were like, "No, I won't buy it." And I was like, why? And they're like, they sold out to AB. And I was like, do you buy Bourbon County every year? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, you're a sellout too. Like, they're owned by AB. Like, there's no reason for you to buy that beer and think it's great and not try this beer. And uh, I've I turned some people. They tried it. They came back. They said it was really good. They said it was worth the, the, the price of omission. And, um, but yeah, like, just because the brewery finds their finds it that they might have to sell, it doesn't mean that those that brewery can't can't do it. Lost its soul, you know. In in, in the in the yeah, they're still able to work independently and do what they want to do, but they just have more backing behind them, and it happens to widen their distribution footprint. That's great for them because the. Big macro breweries are buying these smaller craft microbreweries just to help stay afloat. Like these guys are a threat to them, and by investing in them, yeah, it supports them more. But also, that just kind of means we still get to keep getting those great beers from those great breweries. So, yeah. why not? I no longer think AB and the other like Coors Miller Inbev. and everything. And Bev, well, and Bev is AB, Bev. Um, 
is the big bad everybody was thinking they would be. You know, they're going to gobble everybody up. They just were trying to balance their portfolio, just stop the bleeding. Now, I think the big bad is actually Seltzer. <laughs> like, Seltzer's eating everybody's lunch. Like, it's like, it's making money hand over fist, and every brewery is doing, is responding with Seltzer. And it's not, like, trying to figure out what the next big thing is. Remember how creative, like, before New England IPAs were the thing? How every year, every six months to a year, there was a new like ultimate flavor or, or beer that was coming out. We were, it was great. We were trying a bunch of different stuff. Everything was new. Everything was different. Everybody was trying stuff. Now it's like up oh, new England IPA. Well, yeah, I'm not going to buy the new England IPA from blue point because you know what? There's like 12 other ones that I already love. Well, this right. was before it was, this was right. You know at, what I mean, this was right at the beginning of that, but I do agree. Okay. Like, like, <clears throat> I agree. Every IPA has been the craze for breweries for what the last five years. Every brewery, mm-hmm. if you're gonna make, if you're gonna make it, you have to have a good IPA. And this is just a stronger version of that. Trying to put out these super juicy New Englands, the mm-hmm. uh, they you got to get within the first month. Otherwise, it's garbage. It's lost its luster. It's not as good as it should be. So I'm either going to buy this beer. Drink it within the next week, or, or I'm like, oh, it's not as good as it could have been. Like you know, and I, I don't like that chase anymore. I agree. I haven't chased. I haven't chased a beer in a long time. The only thing I do is I send like Paul send you when I see that Voodoo's doing a release because mm-hmm. you got to fill out a form and then they pick you if you can buy it or not. It makes it a lot easier than randomly trying to drive down to PA. I'll, I'll say this again. Two allotments. <laughs> two allotments, Paul. Two allotments. Uh, <laughs> two allotments. I forget. How long I've, have you been married? Uh, four. That's the last time we got an allotment from Rudy. <laughs> five, five years? Uh, we should have had two of those allotments. Four, four years. Four years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should have. I, Paul, I was getting married. I couldn't afford it. I'm sorry. Uh, I said I would buy it. There was no cost to you, except for the guilt. I'm sure there was. Well, guilt. there was. I I would feel you would you refused to let me do that, which I thank you for. You're a good friend because you were right. What if they all sucked? Yes, and it was a and it was a lot be? of money. It was a lot. It was like close to two hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, as like as you said, Paul, like, but some of those some of those seltzers have kept breweries afloat. Sam Adams is is doing okay because they own Truly, you know, yeah. like it. But when I see even Ellicottville is putting out like a seltzer pack, I don't know if it was Ellicottville, but it, one of the smaller El- ones. Ellicottville put one out on. They bought the rights to Empire Brewery and they put it out under oh. Empire. Uh, Southern okay. Tier has one. Two Roads Southern has Tier. one. Uh, Saranac just has one. And that's the thing; like they're no longer experimenting with, you know, if they're putting their money these smaller breweries, if they're putting their money into like developing seltzers, so like they're probably not. They're so putting the money cheap into. and yeah, easy that's to, the thing. They're, they're cheap and easy to make. Okay, you're making a simple 
alcohol out of sugar, adding it to seltzer water and a flavor. That's all you're doing. But it's still production line. It's still production time. If they don't have that production capacity to make the beer that I actually, you know, to take a chance on a beer that I would want to try. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not a money thing anymore. It's not but it's not really taking up a tank. It's not taking up. Okay. It's not taking up anything. And okay. Okay. you'd well, be surprised. There's tons of breweries out there that have that little extra space that are mm-hmm. contract brewing and brewing seltzers for people. White Claw up until just this summer was all contract brewing their seltzers. They'd never had their own facility. Uh, this year they did it because they couldn't keep up with the demand. Truly owned by Boston Beer Company, Boston Beer Company shut down uh, Travelers, which was another brand that they owned. It was like, sh- their, like the Shandies. The Shandies. They shut mm-hmm. down Travelers to use that facility to start making to make their uh, seltzers. I also, think I had like two Traveler Shandies like the entire time we've been recording this podcast. I didn't even realize they were gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also Boston Beer Company, a lot of their beers were brewed in Genesee. Genesee brews a lot of beers for a lot of people. They brew a lot of uh, Brooklyn breweries beers. Uh, Flying Bison used to brew uh, Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn Lager or something for them. Like, there's definitely like breweries that are exp- shipping all across the United States. They have other people brew their beers, so it's not that hard. It's not. Well, that's all news to me. <laughs> hey, I've got. We have like nothing for the news gar- from the it news. It says real light. Like so, you know, us talking about this. I think I, I thought that was fun. I liked it. I learned a lot. Uh, I hope the listeners did too. Now that we're here, really to inform you, because honestly, we don't know what we're talking about. I had to look up whether, when the pina colada was made. Uh, other news, guys? Was there is there anything you want to talk about? I know I threw out two garbage stories that you guys didn't seem that interested in. Uh, well, to talk about the well, garbage stories the garbage will be stories. to talk about the garbage stories. Um, yeah, New Mutants is available on Blu-ray. I'll see it at some point, but that's just been my mind frame for most of the X-Men movies now. Um, doesn't matter if it's the swan song for the franchise. I was intrigued by New Mutants and more excited to see this one than I was Apocalypse or Days of Future Past or anything else like that. But I'll, we'll I'll get to see it when I see it kind of thing. Like The Marvel movie, the Marvel movie X-Men franchise retrospective. Yeah, I think, honestly, if we hadn't had... Every single movie theater shut down and just difficulties with people going to the movies. Um, and I know even here in Orlando, my local theaters, they are open again. And I know that they did have stuff like uh, New Mutants or uh, Tenet, in, in Tenet, Tenet, however you say it. I don't know because of an pronunciation. Even though it's available to see in theaters now, I haven't felt comfortable enough to be like, you know what? Let me go to the movie theater. Even though I spend some of my days off going to theme parks, I like going to the theme parks. And I know that they do a good enough job with the cleaning and the distancing that I'm comfortable enough going there. But there are times where I'm like, oh, too many people. Like, I'm not going to go down this pathway towards this attraction because 
look at all those people. Like, there's been times I've been in stores and been like, no, you know what? Two people. I'm out. Like, they have the same merchandise they had before or same merchandise you can find somewhere else. I don't need to be in here right now. And just stepping outside just kind of alleviates that anxiety. Um, And the stuff that has come out in movie theaters since everything happened hasn't been a big enough draw for me to even be like, yeah, I, I need to go see this. And the stuff that would be that draw just keeps getting kicked further down the road, or in the case of something like uh, Disney Pixar Soul, is just going to come out to streaming anyway. So it, it's still a bizarre time for movie theaters. I know we had like a lot of movie talk over the past few episodes, just with delays for like releases for everything, but yeah, New Mutants just wasn't one of those movies that I was like, yeah, let me let me brave the pandemic to see this. I do have to ask, Scream 4, that came out streaming? And then there's an, and it keeps on yeah, but popping I up think on my Facebook. Scream like, 4 is like old, though. I don't know. They just announced, well, Scream 5 they're working on, and right. Nev Campbell just signed on to reappear, and then, like, everyone else is yeah, coming scre- back, like Courtney Cox. So no, because I've seen the same it, thing, like, but Scream 4 came out in 2011. Really? Oh, okay. So I just haven't seen Scream 4. I, because I, because Scream, all the Screams were, like, on Netflix or something a while ago. Like, last year, this time. Like, in uh, Halloween time, and I finally watched them all. They were fun, uh, Scream 1 through 3. And it's Scream Five, yeah. It just they post. They just said they wrapped filming, I think, and they announced the new title for it, which is it just Scream. So it's not going to be called Scream Five. It's just going to be called Scream. Just okay. I have no thoughts on it. I I don't think I saw Scream Three or Four. I don't. I didn't see Four because uh, I heard Four was like, oh, they 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 did it right, and Three was really bad. I don't think I like two either. Now, see, now I have to. I feel like I have to do the research into and Scream. I watched, unfortunately, I watched them all like and also, within a and couple nights of each other. Also, so I don't know which one's is which. Well, yeah, I watched them in the machete order because that's the order you're supposed to watch them in. You're supposed to watch half of the first one first, and then go back and watch the third one. Starting at like minute eighteen, and I'm just trying to vamp here while Chris is looking. Yeah, I I did watch Scream Two, but I did not see Scream Three. I don't think you were missing out. And no, probably not. I mean, it has Scott Foley in it though. That's what Wikipedia is telling me. So, uh, to me, yeah. Timothy Oliphant is in one of them, right? I think he's he's in the I think he's in the second. He's one. in the second one or the third one. Because he looks like Skeet Ulrich, who's the bad guy in the first one. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. But uh, and Timothy Oliphant was in <laughs> just recently. He's All comes together. And, and, also, and also The Good Place. And, uh, you know, uh, who's not getting into The Good Place, apparently, is Johnny Depp. Because he's been kicked out oh. of Warner Brothers. In... In his defense, it seems just what. Okay, go ahead. No, you made a mean. In his defense, it I seems mean, like a lot of it's just like Warner Brothers separating themselves from 
everything that's been going on between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, where now mm-hmm. he's suing like newspapers for libel because they were saying stuff that he feels isn't true based off of the situation because originally she blamed him for abuse and then he came forward with actual evidence is like, no, like she was abusive towards me. And then everyone was like, oh, well, we vilified the wrong person. Now there's this whole Amber Heard pushback, which I don't care about either one of these people in general. Like, I don't know. This story just means like, okay, well, someone else will be appearing as Grindelwald whenever we want. And the internet's pushing for Mad Mickelson there. Okay, I'm alright. I mean, he's I, I, in the Disney family, so. anyways, so like, we're not. Not that, that guess, matters, but like, I guess uh, like people were asking Colin Farrell, like, "Hey, would you come back and do it?" And I was like, "He should have been it to begin with." Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." I don't see why they had to have that bait and switch, like it. And he was matter. like, "I can't. I got fat for Batman." <laughs> <laughs> You know who else got, like, built for Batman? Christian Bale. He did that with, like, when he weighed 90 pounds because of the machinist. You can lose that weight. Didn't J.J. Simmons also... J.K. Simmons. What's his name? J.K. Simmons. Simmons, Who plays J. Jonah Jameson, and, like, every time I think of J. Jonah Jameson... He just got really into exercising. Um, He didn't get ripped to play Commissioner Gordon. Because he was only in that, oh. he was only in the movie for like three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm like, he why just, did he get so he rich for this? <laughs> okay, life happens. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Am I sad? Giant Depp's leaving. Fantastic Beasts in order to find them number three. No, because. That just seemed kind of stunt casting y to begin with. Because I think Colin Farrell was great as character whose name Graves. I can't remember before you find right. out. Uh Graves. Yeah. Right. Like he, he was fine. Like you mm-hmm. didn't have to pop someone else in there. Like, let the movie stand on its own, let it breathe, let the characters be who they are. I I like Colin Farrell. I think he's a good actor. I think he he gets the what movies he's in. He knows how to play the bad guy when he needs to play the bad guy. He knows how to play a good guy when he needs to play a good guy. Like he knows how to play a, an ambivalent guy too, where you're not sure if he's good or bad. Like in Scrubs, he's in Scrubs. Two episode arc. I don't. He, I don't remember. He those had ones. A, He brought in a guy that's unconscious. And everybody's like, oh, he's such a great guy. He's, he brought this guy in from the bar. And then it turns out that the, the reason the guy's unconscious and is in the hospital is because he was in a bar fight with him. Mm. And, he's a, and then everybody's like, oh, well, he's bad. And then you know, turns out that the guy that was in the bar fight comes out of the coma and is like, no, I deserved it. You know, we're fine. I'm not pressing charges. You know, everybody learns a valuable lesson. Have they recorded oh, a podcast about that episode yet? Because when I was in <laughs> quarantine and furloughed from work, I started listening to the Fake Doctor's Real Friends podcast from Zach Braff and uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name right now? His name is Turk. And also the guy from Clueless. So, Donald Faison. Um, I don't know why it took me so long to get to that. He's also on Star Wars uh, Resistance. Um, 
I actually just generally liked listening to them like, talk to each other about this show that I used to watch when it was on at like 1130 at night when I would get home from work. Uh, great podcast. Really good show. I haven't gone back to it since, though. So I had to double check if Paul was right, because Paul gets actors confused all the time. And Paul, you're right. He was on Scrubs. You're right. It's like one in a million. <laughs> uh, do we have anything? You know who else? Anything else I for can, news? I actually know quite a bit of actors and actresses <laughs> that would have been on Scrubs. <laughs> no, no, Just that's, that's, that's the one. It's, and it's that's not a one. show like, you talk about all the time. Are you talking? I mean, like, no. But it was something on, just like Chris said, it was something that was on heavy rotation on, like, Comedy Central. And it was just kind of always on. I'm like, oh, what do I want in the background? Scrubs is on. And they would play, like, three, four episodes in a row. And it was a good show. I really enjoyed it. It's a really good show. Have you listened to the podcast yet? No. Paul, you should. It's, on, it's a uh, really good podcast. It's uh, who's, What network is that on? I don't know. I, just, I get it off of my Apple podcast mm-hmm. thing, so. It's fine. I heard because I keep on. I heard uh, commercials for it on other podcasts I listen. Yeah, they to. must be on the same network then, or the channel. You know, mm-hmm. we should get one of those. We should hop on one of those. <laughs> we should just record the show as we always have. I don't know why mess with a good thing. We have a whole channel now. We got workbooks with friends. We got the movie fix. We got this show. We got a whole network. We got a show. bunch of things. <laughs> And that's it for the news, right? Yeah. Hey, I, I Peanuts, mean, we, you get to watch Charlie Brown again uh, doing his Christmas special. It's a Christmas miracle. It's going to be on PBS. Are we ready for our next beer before yeah. we get into the list, or do we want to do the list and then the next beer? I've been drinking my next yeah, beer. Yeah, I've been drinking my next beer. I'm good to go whenever All you guys right. are. Well, yeah. Hey, John, I... You, you need to grab another beer, or you no, want to keep rolling? I grabbed the second. I so grabbed roll, the second we're all glass, guys, and the guys, because I knew I'd probably sip on this all all show. And I'm not. It's not very good. I'm not loving it. Oh, yeah, well, I do. do you want to talk but about I'm going to tease that, and I'm going to ask Paul okay. what he's drinking. Tell us about it. I'm drinking a berry blonde ale from uh, guess where. Left-hand brewery, because like I said... Oh, is it a nitro? Flamingo? And it is a nitro. And this is their... It's their Flamingo Dreams. Uh, This is uh, employee-owned, righteously independent. Uh, This is... I already said it was their Barry Blondale. The IBV? The IBV, and I do not see it here. IBV. What? ABV, sorry. I was confusing ABV and IBU. (laughs) You can actually combine the two of them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This is... This is it's a four point seven percent alcohol by volume, eleven IBU. So that would make it a uh, doesn't matter because IBUs are all made up and stupid. Uh, <laughs> IBV. <laughs> this has got a nice like light uh, raspberryish flavor on it. It's again a very nice creamy mouthfeel, but very light on flavor. Just a hint of that raspberry. Goes down really smooth, really easy drinking. Luckily, these aren't like traditional tall boys. These are thirteen point five ounces because there's a little widget in there that gives you the nitro. 
So I feel like I should be able to drink all four of these. But now that I've been talking, I don't think I should. Because apparently they're hitting uh, me a lot. The Flamingo's a fun. nice drinking beer. Chris, I think you had this maybe last year on the show. <laughs> I think so. I can't remember when. I'm checking into my next beer so I can do some research. But it's. Once I'm finished with that. I've, but you know. Last year, I did have a Flamingo beer from that was out of like near. Like central uh, New York, we had, there's a flamingo uh, sour what it was. that it was, was from Twelve Gates. Um, there's a flamingo sour that came from um, Bells. Nope, I don't know. Neither of those. It was a, it was a small local brewery like in central New York. I was you know mm. when I was in um, Corning doing work. I did not have this one. I semi-recently had the Flamingo Fruit Flight ah. from Bell's. Because I had a night where I did like all sour fruity beers, so yes. Oh yeah, this is okay. Uh, I'm happy that it's in the variety pack. I think it breaks up the variety because basically after this, they're both the uh, stouts. They're two stouts. So you get a wheat, you get a you know kind of a Blonde ale, almost a sour, but not quite a sour. And then two stouts. So just to break up the variety pack, it's nice. Um, would I buy it individually? No. I wouldn't buy the pina colada one individually either, though, just because pina coladas, they're not a tiki drink. And I, I mean, die on it was hill. created after 1963, guys. I Paul, I, you said... I die on that hill. Pina colada, is it a tiki drink? And I said, no, I don't think so. And I, uh, yeah, I think so. It's this a is Puerto Rico. Come on, it's not I, tiki drinks. Come on, get out of here, uh, Flamingo Dreams. You don't need to get out of my I face, do, but you know I'm not. I do have to say, but Paul, I'm not welcome that you back, you tiki like, recipe book that I bought you. You should go. See, oh, you yeah. should go see if it's in there. Because if uh, it's in there, I'd say we're both wrong. It's mm. a, it's a tiki drink. Mm. Smuggler's Cove. Mm. No. Mm. <sighs> there could be a tiki drink variation. It depends on the ingredients. A pina colada. I, it needs to add a sour. Hey, Paul, I don't see you getting Because right now, pina colada does not get have that. a sour. Yeah. Yeah. Chris okay, can well, talk about his beer because you don't care anyways. Beer, I do. But I Chris. Okay, you're going to go? Go. 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 You just really wanted to get rid of Doesn't Paul. everybody think he smells? Um, oh my gosh. Uh, so my next beer, again, coming from the Guilty Pleasures variety pack from Wicked Weed Brewing. And this is their Milk and Cookies Imperial Stout. And I didn't do a lot of research on like the box that everything came in. I just saw, like, okay, Wicked Weed variety pack. Cool. Sounds good. Uh... And then they had each style listed on the side of it. So I saw, like, okay, milk and cookies. Sounds delicious. I did not think it was going to be what it is. Sorry, give me one second. Thirty-nine, thirty-nine, twelve. Paul, Smugglers take a pause. Thirty-nine, twelve. I can't hear you. Write that down what? for uh, just a quick pause. 39-12. Okay. I'm back. But Chris, Chris had to get up. Who was talking, and what were we doing? <clears throat> I'm back. I'll continue talking. Um, 
when I read Milk and Cookies, I didn't expect it to be the type of cookie it is, because this is an imperial stout brewed with golden raisins, cinnamon, and vanilla. So it's a little bit more of like an oatmeal cookie uh, imperial stout. 8.5% ABV. And I have to say, I like this a little bit more <clears throat> than the other one that I had had before. It's a really nice cinnamon pop. You don't get a lot of like that earthy raisin sweetness, but it's a really nice stout with that vanilla added to it. I put this one at a three as well, even though I liked it more than the other one that I also put it as a three. But it's, I think I'm giving a lot of points to that cinnamon because it's just a nice cinnamon flavor Like when you go to take that initial sip off of it. Nice. Uh, I am drinking John? from New Belgium Brewery their special release of their Oak Spire. This is a barrel-aged ale, and this barrel-aged ale is meant to taste like an old-fashioned with orange and bitters, and I cannot say that I love this beer. Uh, I brought this down out of the fridge, and it's been sitting for about maybe an hour and a half. It's warmed up. As it warms up, it's getting better. There is a very bitters bitter on it. Uh, at this point, it just kind of tastes like a, like an imperial ale. Um, think of like if you had like an imperial ESB kind of a beer. You don't get cherry. You don't get anything that I feel is reminiscent of an old fashioned, which is one of my favorite cocktails. So I was very interested in trying this. And Paul, we've had a couple Manhattan and old fashioned inspired barrel aged beers that I think capture that style mm-hmm. better than this does. Uh, I've had I've had one from Funky Buddha <clears throat> as part of their mixology series, and I I didn't care for it. Yeah, they're hit or miss. Like. For the cocktail variety beers, like even with these, Stone does their tiki's has a tiki series. Now that I've had the pina colada here from Lucky End, and I think I've had a couple more, um, I'm never really that impressed with them. I think the only ones that were decent were the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Southern Tier. Brooklyn and Southern. <sighs> there Tier. was another one that I had gotten for us that we drank, and I don't remember who it was from. Um, but I don't like, I think we, we said it when we actually had the Southern tier cause we made, we made the drink and we had it there and it's like, yeah, old fashioned. Yeah. If you want your beer to taste like an old fashioned, you should just have an old fashioned. And I mean, you could say that like, exactly. oh, if you wanted a, a raspberry, why wouldn't you just eat raspberry and not have a raspberry beer? But because you can't buy raspberry juice and just drink raspberry juice, that's also alcoholic. But, it's, it's, but I can buy and drink components to make an old fashioned that tastes like an old fashioned that's also alcoholic. Why do I need a beer that does that's trying to scratch at it? I'm sorry, Chris. You were going to no. I, I was going to like say something quite similar, just because yeah, you might. 
like raspberry, you like beer, a raspberry flavored or inspired beer. It's taking the best of those two things. Just going off the Funky Buddha old fashioned mixology beer that I had, it was such a lesser version of a Manhattan and a lesser mm-hmm. version of any of the other Funky Buddha beers that I've had and enjoyed that. I was like, well, why wouldn't I just have an actual old fashioned? Like, and also, if you're going to buy Funky Buddha, why wouldn't you buy that sweet potato casserole? Sweet potato casserole is good. Fashion. They're like so good. Last Snow is really good. I mean, they they're uh, so I can't remember. They had a like a breakfast beer. It was like maple blueberry pancake or something like that. Really good. They just make I great think dessert beers. Yeah. They're Coquito, also part of their uh, Mixology series. Delicious. They're Paloma. Really good. I do but, have yeah. to say, I think the only time where I'm really interested in a cocktail, quote-unquote, inspired uh, beer is when they do the sours. And, Chris, you had a couple from Side uh, – not Sidewards. It was uh, – what's the place in um, – not Dead Lizard. Uh, Dead Lizard? The Hidden Springs. No. Hidden Springs uh, had those, time? you know, <laughs> those Mai Tai sour, or was it Sidewards? And you, and and you were like, oh, was this, Sideward, is, yeah. this is really good. I don't know if yeah, they had, they had yeah. A, a blue Hawaiian and one. And we've had a couple local breweries who have done those kind of like peanut. They did a pina colada sour that tasted like a tart pina colada. Mm-hmm. Like I think those tiki drinks and cocktail drinks might be better off in that sour world where you're gonna it should be an overfruited drink to begin with and then it's gonna be it's gonna work mm-hmm. within kind of those parameters so do you think you would enjoy like a quote unquote like old fashioned or Manhattan beer if it was like a cherry barrel aged that had been like bourbon barrel Maybe. aged with like like some sort of like bitter in it. Like I don't know what kind of like herb you would add to it to have that kind of well, like. I, well, hop is a bitter. I I, I think you can get I a would hop. be more inclined to get a strawberry daiquiri sour, or a mai tai sour, or a a zombie sour, like those tiki drinks or those real those fruited drinks as a sour. I think are the things that are going to work the best if you're going to take a cocktail and make it a beer. I think it's going to fit in that world. And also, and also then, it's because some of the those tiki drinks, like the Hurricane, well, which isn't really a tiki drink, but, you know. It's a frozen, uh, it's a zombie, a frozen cocktail. A zombie is, is also a difficult one to get because you need so much, so many different ingredients for it. Like you're not, it's difficult to go ahead and just build one. Oh yeah, you're, you're making a pitcher. You know what I mean? Because you, you, it's a punch. You, yeah, you want to make a punch of it. So you, if you just want to crack one open and kind of scratch that itch, like okay, yeah, I, I, I could see myself wanting a beer. You know, just an easy. Here we go. It scratches the itch. I get. It. Uh, but if you wanted to make it up, you would of course go to your. Book, what a, a, what a beautiful book! Who would have bought that for you? By, uh, it is a uh, such a great gift. Hey, Christmas presents, you know, coming up. If you have a friend that is into uh, building their own drinks, has a, a home bar, Smuggler's Cove, great reference. It's a uh, exotic cocktails rum and the Colta Tiki. 
written by Martin and Rebecca Kate. Go ahead and get it. It's on Amazon. I'm sure that's where John got it. Uh, I, I let's did, look. actually. <laughs> just saying. Uh, let's just see here if uh, if Pina Colada is in this book. I'm uh, over on the index, and I'm looking at the P section. Pimento Dram. Pinata. Pineapple. No, Pina Colada is not in the Smuggler's Cove. Therefore, not an official tiki drink. Uh, not only am I going off of that, I'm yeah, just going I, off of I agreed, but I think yeah, we but can lay this to rest, Paul. Oh, yeah, there we go. Put it put it down. Market at the time. <laughs> 48 minutes and 20 seconds into this podcast, we decided pina colada is definitely not a tiki drink. And I think that can yeah. bring us into the list, right, guys? Uh, John, well, what book are you looking for? On uh, November 18th, 2020, I am going to be looking forward to... Because I, I purchased this book because this book came out today, the day that we're recording. And I'm looking forward to, from Dark Horse Comics... Uh, spinning out of the Black Hammer series by Jeff Lemire, I'm going to pick up Barbar- Bar-Alien, colon, The Red Planet Number 1. This is written by Tate Bromble and Gabrielle Hernandez-Walta on art. And this is going to be taking the uh, Barbalian and telling a story of uh, his past. Um, this is, I think, one. This is the beginning of other people going into Jeff Lemire's Black Hammer world to tell stories. I believe you're going to have like Colin Bunn, who's going to be doing a story. Um, there's a couple other writers and artists that we really like who are going to be jumping into his Black Hammer world. And his Black Hammer world is just an alternate take on your favorite characters. His uh, Black Hammer, the original Black Hammer series was was characters that he liked um, who he, you know, uh, um, oh, Adam Strange was one of those, he's got a version of Adam Strange. He's got a version of this. Paul, you and I read the Starman version that he did. Like, it's just kind of a your whatever your favorite character was, you can do a spin on it. Um, so I'm looking forward to this book. I th- I'm interested in checking it out, but it's nothing. Um, I'm not like beating down the doors, and it was the only thing that really struck me this week is something I I really wanted. I'm now looking on comics for the book that I was going to pick and I don't see it here even though it was on uh, the I mean, Paul, of, uh, it came out today, shouldn't you have already bought super it? Super comic book prints I, well, no because I was busy at work and then I forgot about buying books because that's who I am and I was looking forward to Fantastic Four, number 26 I'm not seeing it as a new release, oh is this is a weird, no, no that's, that's DC that is a weird release date um. Yeah, but when's that coming out, guys? When's the uh, Fantastic Four? Coming I don't know. Out? I thought it was. 
today. Because I, I want to say I saw it on the league website as mm-hmm. well. I saw it on the league website, but I'm not seeing it on Comixology. But uh, I'll do a search for that. It's just continuing. We, if you listen to last time's episode, uh, basically there was a, an invasion of this weird overpowered Deus Ex Machina character that's hunting down all the secrets uh, on the planet Earth and just, like, trying to opening up the boxes and looking for some sort of device. Reed Richards had this, like, was um, searching and experimenting with a unstable power, you know, supplier. Uh, and it basically had this thing locked away while, uh, while Vale was working on trying to figure out how to create a, a portal to anywhere. And, but she didn't have a power supply. So, boom. Unstable power supply. A device that needs power supply. They put it together, and unfortunately, they created the Forever Gate. Which basically allows anybody from any dimension to walk through. So, you got this open gate, and um, now the Fantastic Four have to defend it. And this book is out. It's on Comixology. I just don't didn't see it on the thing uh, on the list for today it says came out today so i just don't know i'm adding it to my list right now and i'll purchase it because this is what happens when we're recording the same day comic books come out chris what book are you purchasing as we speak so i i actually i'm not doing it as we speak i did it when we sat down to record because this is Kind of You're a, better than me. I understand. It's kind of a bye week for me. Um, there are a couple books coming out that are just part of my normal monthly reading list, but it's nothing that I'm super jazzed to pick up. But right now, Comicsology does have the first volume of Brian Michael Bendis and Patrick Gleason's Young Justice number uh, volume number one as part of like hmm. the launch of the Wonder Comics line over at DC. Uh, six issues. It was six ninety nine, and this is a franchise that I really want to read more of because I did enjoy the first issue when we read this way back when for our monthly look back. But all of the single issues for this arc are still priced at three ninety nine, and it was just too much for me to actually wind up buying off of Comicsology. I have them all on my wish list, but six issues for six ninety nine, I cannot dispute that. Young Justice coming together to battle the forces of Gemworld, which is invading our our quote unquote uh, universe in DC. Uh, it's got some of my favorite characters. I mean, we've got some Bart Allen, we've got some Tim Drake, we've got Connor Kent, some other new characters thrown in there too. I've always been a Teen Titans fan. I've always liked seeing these characters find their way together. Uh, yeah. Young Justice, volume number one. Only seven bucks. Not upset about waiting on this one. Sometimes those books are just good to get all at once. You know, take that full punch, just read them all, all together. Oh, John, that, that's <laughs> the, the breaking news sound? That's... That was the thing. Long established in the Begging Board yes, canon of podcasting. That's the thing we've always done because as we are recording the show, doesn't matter if you, you've already gone out to the news garden to harvest your 
your grains. Uh, so I thought flowers were in the news garden. What? Like, we're growing grains? I don't know what's in the news garden, honestly. <laughs> Just the thing that Paul said one time. We're like, yeah, that's the thing we say. Hey, guys. Um, but, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it started off, hello, everyone. Kim, hey, guys. Um, fun fact. Uh, but just announced that Wonder, Wonder Woman sequel, Wonder Woman 1984, will be releasing on HBO Max, HBO's and Warner Brothers streaming service, as well as, and I quote, selected theaters. So some theaters that are open may have this movie available, but it seems like it's going to be a direct-to-streaming push for Wonder Woman 1984. And we had just talked about movies coming out streaming versus in theaters. And Wonder Woman's one of those movies that if it had come out in theaters, I would go see it. If it's released here because I don't have access to HBO Max, I I would or maybe will go see Wonder Woman 1984 because I really I really dug the first one. I I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. I I'm a cinephile. I love movies. I go to the movie theaters. I don't go as much as I used to, but I used to go almost every single week, sometimes two times a week, uh to see movies in theaters. A good We've yeah. gone twice in one day to uh, see the same movie. movies, bad movies like to to sit in a theater and watch a movie is an experience that I really like. In my older age, I don't know if I necessarily need that as much. And talking to someone who was like, I, you know, another movie person who was like, I had to see Tenet in theater. I went, it was okay. There was like two other people in the theater with me and my girlfriend. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a bad experience. And I said, you know, that's fine. Like, I understand. I like going to the movie, but the most movie viewing you really do is at home. You know, I might have saw Inception the first time in the theater, but when I watched it to pick the movie apart, it was on DVD. Like, I watched it, and then a couple days I watched it again to really, like, get those layers and, and see what I missed and then look for the things that I missed when I was watching it the first time. Like, stuff like that. So, uh, I think I've only seen Inception once. The rest of the time, I just walked around my apartment <laughs> going, uh, oh, are you <laughs> and throwing stuff. Are in you the one air. of the uh, the other movie directors that came to uh, uh, Christopher Nolan and were like, <laughs> you know, your sound so mixes loud. are really shitty. <laughs> uh, Ooh, ooh. The glass of water that I have, you know, had a weird weird ooh, thing, so a dinosaur ooh. must be coming near me. Or Paul, be did you just dream something. it did? Let me spin Brown. something. Brown. But most of your viewing is gonna be at home. You're gonna rent the movie. You're gonna you're gonna do that. So I don't feel like I have to see things in the theaters to get that full effect. I love going to the theaters to see a movie, but especially right now, like you couldn't pay me to go to the movies. I would be like, you know what? I I don't keep your hundred dollars. I'm going to stay home. Like I don't need to do that. 
Also, now with proje- projectors being so cheap and people creating their own man caves, like I went over and finally saw Avatar. Like, this is before COVID. This is before we went to visit Chris, like over at a friend's house. And he had this huge, like, 70 inch, uh, you know, screen set up, projector overhead, surround sound system, 3D glasses, all projector 3D. Like, people do home theater setups that are as good, if not better, than the theater themselves. Like, you know, John, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a cinephile. (laughs) And by that, I uh, I enjoy sinning. The viewers can't hear this, but I'm giving you the finger. I don't. I never go to the movie theater. Oh, Paul's like, Paul's I, one of the no, uh, death a... nails that were driven into the movie fix. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I have a television. It's a widescreen, flat screen television on, mounted on my wall. It's you know, and it's I don't, uh, you don't. I have a surround sound system. I have it's your not... average Sony flat screen TV. Aquas. I've watched several movies on it. I used to have tube TVs. I've watched movies on that. For, you know, like, I, there's an experience, yes, when you go to the movies. But most of your viewing is going to be in your living room anyway. So what does it matter if it's... My favorite viewing of any movie anytime was when we were all wearing brown shirts. <laughs> that is the quintessential in-joke. Because Chris was, I don't even think Chris was there for that one. No, I think it was. Uh, and we <laughs> we saw Jonah Hex. Oh, yeah. I, I was that, there for is that. Is that when we had a big group of people to go see Jonah Hex? The story goes, Pete. Yep. Were we the group of yes. people that went to see the Jonah The story Hex? goes, there was probably like eight or ten of us uh, standing and talking before we go into the movie. And Paul goes, hey, guys, isn't it cool we're all wearing brown shirts? And everybody looked at each other. Everybody looked at yes. each other, and hey, I do start every sentence exactly. with "Hey guys, <laughs> hey guys, isn't it cool we're all wearing brown shirts?" And everybody looked at each other, and I looked at Paul and said, "None of us are wearing brown shirts. You're not even wearing a brown shirt." And Paul was like, "I'm colorblind." It's like, why would you make that statement? Why would you be like, "Hey, everybody's wearing brown shirts"? I can't tell colors. But everybody has to be wearing brown shirts. That guy can't be wearing red and green because I don't get those mixed up. <laughs> I'm laughing too hard to respond. You brought it up. I know I brought it up because it's hilarious, and it proves I'm a, I'm a yeah I'm a, a yeah. Uh, therefore Cinephile. ipso facto cinephile. Uh, and uh, uh, facto, also an uh, asshole. But before we get, <laughs> but before we get back to our regularly scheduled begging broadcast, for me, John, we used to go to the movies all the time. If it was a night that we were both available, like we'd just be going to see anything because we like to go to the movies. As I've grown up and older. Movies have now become more of like that event viewing for me. And this kind of throws back to everything I was talking about before, where no movies that have been released since everything shut down have been that event for me. 
I think if anything would be, it would have been something like Disney Pixar's Soul, Marvel's Black Widow, or Wonder Woman 1984, because I have really enjoyed going to see stuff like Wonder Woman or Shazam. Still haven't seen Justice League, but you know what? The other movies that kind of like ancillary stuff, I've I've really dug. And this probably would have been one of those movies I was like, you know what? No, I need to go see this. And if it comes out, I will go see it. Like, this might be the first movie that gets me back into a theater if it's actually released in theaters where I live. And I did want to say... Before I started cracking myself up with the whole brown shirt story, uh, the only reason I want to go see a movie in a theater is in a large group. So that way we can all go someplace else and talk about it or all talk about it in the lobby. So if I can't have that theater experience in a large group, then I'll do it at home because there's nothing in the theater. Me sitting alone in a theater there. There's nothing that's good or enjoyable versus what I can do alone in the house. Like, unless I'm going with a big group. I mean, I'm, I'm going to jump back in again because, I mean, I I live alone <laughs> in, yeah. in Florida. So all of my movies have been event viewing because it's just something to make me happy about being able to go out and do something alone. Alone? I'm am so, sorry, Chris. But then you can jump online and then talk to John. Well, that's why that's why I look forward movie. to recording these shows and being able to do that kind of stuff. Or group watch on, on Disney Plus, guys. I'm going to keep on hammering. You're getting too <laughs> far ahead, boy. Uh, yeah i I think it is it is fun to have that experience, but I don't like I don't feel like I totally need it. If the movie is being released and or I can see it at home at the same time and pay basically the same thing I'd pay to see the movie in the theater. Cause it's not just me. It's Caitlin too. Like, you know, it's 20 bucks. If I have to pay 20 bucks or 25 bucks to view it at home, if it's something I want to see, I, I will. And one can, can that be referred to as the bill and Ted argument yeah. from now on? I, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's the same thing. Like we both watched it. At, I bought it, you know. Like you, you rented it, and it's. I wasn't going to go to the. I. I'm not going to go to the theater. I. I have to work in a. I have to work in a store where people are constantly coming in. I don't want to be around people any more than that. Uh, and I have to say, like, I enjoy having. HBO Max, like I'd uh, I'd recommend it. I think it's better than most streaming services. To be honest with you, <clears throat> we'll get into that. I'm sure in our main topic. Yeah, but now a dramatic reading uh, from American Vampire, 1976, page 16, panel three. the floor lights too and that, and that is a dramatic reading you're you're laughing really threw me off uh, a, a, a dramatic reading for american vampire 1976 page 16 panel 
three. Oh man, if you're like me, listeners, and you're wondering what just happened, check out our Instagram. Chris, you've been doing a knock-up job hey. posting the dramatic readings, posting our list picks uh, over on our Instagram page, which is Bagged and Board? Yeah. Or is it Bagged you, and you, Board? No, you got it. Bagged and Board. Bagged and Board. Yeah. Those are great. Uh, uh, I don't know. I just throw back to original American Vampire. I really liked Vampire Killer Travis Kidd. Oh, uh, you put Travis in a disco. I just imagine he's going to have fun with it. I made an actor choice on that one. Uh, yeah, that was good. That's it, good. It, it threw me off. I was not expecting you to laugh. And then I also was like, is he finally looking at the panel for the first time and he's laughing at that? And I didn't understand why you were laughing at it. It just... Well played, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You know what this else is... This is a professional. He'll get through his line. With, you know, laughing as intended versus me, who will just laugh. Also, that was the first time I had looked at that panel, too, because I knew it was from American Vampire because you did your speech to text for it. But I didn't look at the panel until we actually headed into it. Uh, but you know what else we're going to head into? Our next beer. Ooh, I can, okay. Uh, John, I want you to talk about this beer because I can find this at my beer store and I've constantly oh. walked past it on the uh, So I am... Because I've never had anything else from them. I am so drinking I, I from Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. Their King Sue, their double IPA. Uh, this is trying to find what ABV it is. Uh, I don't see it, but uh, this beer is one of those white whales for a lot of people. This is one of those beers that it's rated 100 on um, Beer Advocate. It has like 4.36 on uh, Untapped. It's a highly rated beer. I don't think people would rate it as high now because it is like how I've been loving Fiddlehead and Second Fiddle. It's got a lot more bitterness to it. It's got a lot more dry your mouth out. It's still a hazy beer with a lot of kind of tropical pineapple um, citrus pop up front but this really great dry bitter IPA finish I love this beer I've been trying to drink it slowly I'm halfway through it if not a little bit more Um, this is really good $19.99 for a four pack I think is a little steep for what this beer is, especially since I can get Fiddlehead for 13, Second Fiddle for 16. But this is a really good beer. I would drink more of this. Uh, If I saw this on tap, it would be the first thing I would order. I really, really, really like this beer. I would probably give it a, a four, a 425. Um, and a lot of it is because I'm really digging those beers with a little bit of bitter to it. I've had, they have an, another, uh, the regular IPA. And that is, I think I gave that a three. I've had it before. Um, but I also was sucked into the hype, tried it, and I was like, well, I don't understand what the hype is all about with this beer. I can understand what the hype was about 
with this beer because this is really, really good. If I was more into the super, super juicy beers like I was maybe last year or the year before, I probably wouldn't have thought this was as good as I do now because I'm kind of circling back to West Coast style IPAs right now. But I think this beer is phenomenal. Chris, I I would say try it. If you can buy a single can of it, try it that way. I I think I might be able to because as soon as you picked up your can, I saw the dinosaur on the side. I'm like, oh, I've walked past that at my beer store because I've never had anything else from them. So yeah, and just check your just, just take, check your date. This was packaged uh, 10-9-2020. Uh, it's good till 2-6-2021. Um, I say that only because the regular version of this beer I got into my store – the day after it expired. So it expired on 11, mm. 11, okay. thir- 13. And I got it on 11, 14 in my store. Like it just was my distributor, uh, that did that. But I would just always check, just make sure it's in that date. You know, the brewery's going to know when that beer is going to be the best till. Um, so just double check that. I always check my dates. I think you should always should. Um, I, I really don't. I'm trusting my beer stores and my distributors to have stuff on the shelves when it should be and going I, from that. For the most part, uh, you, <laughs> shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> Good to know. Fun informational I, I take a lot of pride in that, but there are probably on my shelves maybe... There could be three or four uh-huh. beers that have maybe passed their date that I just have missed because you just assume that they're selling. I have beer that my my salesman will be like, "Hey, these are close coded, or these are these are out of date," and we'll send them back and <clears throat> flip them for for new stuff. It happens, but if you think too, like how many people are drinking craft or drinking a specific craft or an expensive craft. Sometimes those will sit because people won't buy them. Um, my biggest thing as someone who sells beer is just always take a glance at, at what it is. I, I, a lot of times if I go to a, a brewery or, or not a brewery, a bar, and I'm not 100% sure what their turnover rate is, like if they have like 50 taps, 30 taps, if you're not sure what their turnover rate on those beers are, I'll always order whatever I know is like the seasonal that I know that just came on tap because you, you could order and spend $12 for a goblet of beer that could be past this prime because it's been on tap for four months. Well, I know my next beer is okay because on the bottom it says drink by August 26, 2021. <laughs> And this is my third from my Guilty Pleasures four-pack from Wicked Weed Brewing. And this is their S'mores. 9% ABV, Imperial Stout brewed with chocolate, vanilla, and cinnamon. And if you had just put this in front of me and told me to drink it, I don't think I would have said, oh, this is a s'mores beer. After reading the can, I'm like, well, s'mores, are they trying to think like that cinnamon from like, the graham cracker. Uh, no, I karate chopped my can. I karate chopped my computer. I I raised my hand and I caught um, my cords and I flipped my whole computer. Almost flipped it off the table. 
And that's why he needs to do another Windows update. <laughs> His computer always I mean, needs I updates. thought you could still run um, Windows 94 on a computer. I guess you can't. You gotta update that shit. <laughs> Can I update that shit? <laughs> so S'mores, it has a graham cracker... But I think no, I think girl. that's no, I think that's what they're trying to go for with that vanilla and cinnamon. But ultimately, this is—is is it a good beer? Yeah, it's it's tasty, but nothing about this is really reminiscent of a s'mores, especially compared to like the last s'mores beer that I had, which was the uh, the Southern Tier Blackwater s'mores, mm-hmm. which like yeah, delicious, tasty. Um. Is this good? Yes. Do I drink it and think like yummy, yummy, yummy s'mores? No. Maybe that cinnamon's like I still kind of feel like the tingle on my tongue. Maybe that's supposed to be kind of like the smokiness from putting your s'more over the campfire. I don't know. I mean, I'm already at the bottom, the bottom of it. And is it like a decent imperial chocolate stout? Yes. Is it a good s'mores beer? No, because it doesn't hit me with like that, like marshmallow richness, and you need a big vanilla, like a like a pastry malt on it, something like to make me feel like ooh, okay, like it's kind of biscuity chocolate, ooh, like a nice rich sweet, like a smokiness. It doesn't have any of that. I just don't feel like the uh, that pastry malt holds up to Uh, a big smoke, Uh, though. That pastry I, malt is very subtle. I will have to like, say, I'm, like, I think the best s'mores beer is Saranax. It's, I mean, you get all those flavors and mm-hmm. it almost comes, like, in a layer. Like, you take that sip and you're like, oh, yeah, chocolate. Oh, bleh. marshmallow, graham cracker. Okay, like, it delivers on those flavors where I can't say that about... Sometimes you'll get that marshmallow, or they use marshmallow. Just because they use marshmallow doesn't mean it's going to deliver that marshmallow flavor. And I think it's, I don't know, like, to be able to get everything, I think, is tough. And I can't say maybe I'd had something else where I thought it delivered, but Saranac, I know, for, like, 100% delivers its s'mores flavor. I I just double checked. I haven't had that one, so might have came out after I had moved away from Buffalo. But I don't know. You, you asked me to describe the taste of s'mores. I'm not going to list off cinnamon as one of them. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know why that's included in the brew on this, unless they were trying to replicate something else with adding that to it. But ultimately, it just it did. Maybe that graham cracker but. is what they were trying to do with it. That's the that's the only thing I could think, but that's when I'm coming in with like the well, just do like that pastry like biscuit malt, like just give me some sort of like buttery sweetness to it with the chocolate, and then like age it on marshmallow. Like at that point, I think I would feel more s'moresy than what this was. But Paul, you uh, have a beer, okay, right? So- Big, yes, I do. But big question for a segue into my beer. How do you guys like your marshmallow when you toast it? Oh, burn. I, I don't I don't want it like lightly like golden brown. I want that thing blackened where I can like peel off like I, char. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you get into that gooey layer underneath. And then 
like maybe even near the tip of the it's still tip. solid, still like the original marshmallow. Like I will, yeah. I will take my time to melt that thing. I will get it a nice golden brown where it is soft all the way through on the inside, and and then take it. I prefer not to have mm-hmm. it super sharp. Hmm. Well, John's I, wrong. <laughs> we all know that. Char but, all the way. You want big smoke, big char flavor, much like I, how I, this beer is but, delivering. But, uh, delivering. You guys it, got a, uh, right off the Do you bat. guys like a lot of char on your hot dogs? Are you a char hot dog guy? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I see. Oh, it, it burns in the flavor. I don't want that. When I go to Ted's Hot Dogs, I'm like, lift up the grate and just stick the dog right in the charcoal. And they will do it there for you. Yeah, I, I really like things burn. Yeah. Uh, and burn as much as I like s'mores, I will say my mom was a Girl Scout, and she said the way her troop actually made s'mores was they took everything and like pieced it together, and then wrapped it in foil, and then oh. put it on the edge of the fire. See, like they didn't like that seems they like didn't burn the marshmallow. Put it in between everything and then eat it that way. Like they literally like sandwiched everything together, wrapped it so it was like a single serve package, and then they just put it on the edge so everything would kind of like melt. See, you put the you put the cracker with the chocolate on the edge of the fire so it gets the heat to melt, make the chocolate melty, and then oh, you got you got to have you slowly roll your marshmallow towards the coals. Not too close, so you don't just set it on fire. So you still have hard marshmallow. You slowly roll it till it gets a nice golden brown on the outside, and then it's almost ready to fall off your stick because you've allowed it to get so soft that it no longer has the ability to hold on to that stick. And then you, and then yeah. you know it's There's correct. No and you put it on that left. chocolate, sandwich it, pull the stick out. And you have an ooey gooey marshmallow. No, it's still flaming. Yeah, that's, the that's how I know my marshmallow is good. The end of your stick goes on you top of the chocolate. The flaming marshmallow melts the chocolate because it's no. You oh, put that marshmallow directly oh, in the no. fire. You pull it out, and then you see it lit like it's a torch. And then you're like, "Yeah!" And then you slowly, right? On you slowly top. blow it out as you're spinning <laughs> your stick. I think you guys. <laughs> I don't blow it out. Oh, I put it insane. on the chocolate, still flaming, man. <laughs> that, that's why they call it. That's, that's why you... they call Madman McGowan, though. It's fine. You, t- you turn <laughs> off the flame by putting the cap on it. <laughs> Put on the other graham cracker. You're fine. I did. It melts the chocolate. It gets all gooey. There's still a little bite of bite because that's important when you're eating something. You want that's why a you variety ha- of textures. That's why you have the cracker. You yeah. still want to chew it. That's why you, you have the cookie. Chewy gooey. <laughs> yeah, no. Cookie is crisp. Chocolate is melty. The inside of the marshmallow yeah. needs to be gooey. So, got the trifecta. I did not realize making a s'more <laughs> was going to be like the toilet paper over under argument that broke up the show. 
I, we already I thought of anything, with another it was John, one reverse mermaid that would have broken the show. <laughs> it just makes sense that it just makes sense that way. But, but you know that crispy outer greatness that is just all char and smoke. That is what's delivering on this beer. That's uh, this is the left hand brewery, Galactic Cowboy Nitro Imperial Stout. Uh, and Ooh. this is nine percent, so it's an imperial. Nine percent, nine percent. I think I hear imperial. I hear imperial. I think ten. Like, I, I do have to say, I'm having a double IPA. It was seven point eight, and I was like, well, that's kind of light for a seven for a imperial. But but nine percent is, I mean, for nine percent. Uh, nine percent's not. It's not. It's not lightweight. It's yeah. It's not nothing. But it's still not. Like, I'm like, ooh, I better slow it down. And then, you know, because this is probably like 11 or 12. Oh. And then I see 9, and I'm like, oh, I can just, we're good. Let me just, just keep, open up my gullet that light and is yellow. down just there. Just breeze through it. I can't taste anything because I've been eating uh, yep, on fire is- marshmallows my entire life. So, what does it matter? <laughs> I can taste some things. And I can see some colors. Stop. Stop! Stop heckling me, man. Uh, no, this is great. This is that nice, crisp, burnt, roasted flavor right up front. Then nice, mellow stoutness. This is this is this is a great like just stout. This is what I'm looking for in a big boy stout, an imperial stout. Like it's not delivering any kind of toast, you know, vanilla or raspberry or any kind of different barrel-age flavor. This is just your baseline Imperial Stout. Wonderful for a variety pack. I'm, I'm happy I got two cans of this. This is Oh, I didn't realize it. I thought pack, it was a four-pack for some reason. Weird. Chris was a four-pack. Yours is an eight-pack. No, I, I have the four-pack, yes. Mm-hmm. I have an eight-pack, so I'm happy to have two of these. Uh, would I pick up a whole variety pack just for this? No. If I see a four pack of this Galactic Cowboy for that's a reasonable what, that's price, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I'm I was, in. I was just about to I'm ask in. you that. Uh, do you guys have I, another beer? Ten fifty. I can always do you another do beer. Later, uh, yeah, let's do. Uh, why don't we do it halfway through the the main topic? Okay, that's what, yeah. that's that was my question because I could do my next one next, but yeah, <clears throat> I have to. Put wow! This wow! I I really do. Just with the nitro, how creamy it is, how smooth it is, and that big, rich flavor up front. Like, I haven't had a 1050 in a while, but I'm interested in picking up 1050 maybe tomorrow and, like, having these back. <clears throat> last 1050 I had was show. the, like, the Uber, like, stovepipe bourbon barrel the- one, <laughs> which I think it was, like, $10 for yeah. like, the one can of... Uh, I had... I just had a bear, a year old barrel aged one, a couple months ago, and I was a little disappointed in it. I wish I had had it fresh. I think I would have enjoyed it better than had sitting on it. But again, like those barrel aged beers that I buy, I would buy so we could drink them together. So it's always that, oh, maybe Paul come and do a show and we can drink. Or maybe I hang out with Paul at some point and we could drink it together. Uh, mm-hmm. So it just, 
There's a lot of beers in my fridge right now. That That's what's happening. That's why I sent you guys a message like, hey, do you guys mind if I eat drink this? It was like one of the beers that I oh, knew yeah. I personally have purchased. That uh, bear, that rum, rum yeah. barrel aged pumpkin I, ale. And I'm like, I know I've purchased this and it's way past its prime. It's four years old, which was oh, yeah. more than we Paul, ever said. Is if you, if it's pumpkin. one of the ones that you've bought, like... I think feel free to do it because I've I've dipped into the cellar uh, because I have my brother in law Tanner and he's kind of into craft beer, so I'm like, oh hey, I have this, and it's like I need to drink it because it's mm-hmm. it's on its way out. Like, please drink this with me, kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, feel free to do that, bud. I always send out a message before I crack it up. It was just a special day. I, I uh, hey. ran a half marathon without puking. I saw so. you run 10 feet and puke, so. Yeah, it's true. Uh, future Paul might jump in here and talk about 1050 versus the sphere. If I remember to do I wrote down the time. If I, if I don't, then, you know. Sorry, listeners. It didn't happen. But then something that did happen is, guys, we have had a... In the past? The past did happen. But we've now had one year of Disney's <clears throat> licensed-branded streaming service with Disney+. Plus. So we're going to take a look back at what we've gotten from Disney+. Plus. And I was trying so hard to not say look back, but everything we do is something of a look back. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the Disney Plus. It's a year in review for their first anniversary. So we're going to be talking about what we thought was the best of, the worst of, something that we haven't watched yet. 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 Uh, something that you want from the series and then something that you're looking forward to. So those two things, one means something that's coming out onto it that you're looking forward to, but then something that they might not have talked about or announced that you want them to do. Can I just say, before we really start, there has to be nobody happier that Disney Plus, uh, Plus launched when it did <laughs> than the shareholders of Disney stocks. <laughs> because it has been the only profitable sector of Disney. ESPN, no live sports, like for the longest time during COVID. Like, they've had investor calls and they're like, well... Profits coming from Disney Plus. Well, even then, it. Well, because uh, like people are cutting cable, so the Dis- the Disney Channel bills aren't making money. Like the parks aren't making money, merchandise aren't making money. But you know who is? Well, the, I mean, to to Disney piggyback Plus. on that, the other thing is the announcement of like oh, we're going to make it a streaming service. Like we're going to bulk up more than what we're just doing with it because. I think at this point they really have to. And they're sitting on so much stuff. You know, they have all of the Fox movies. They have all of their movies. And all of the Disney subsidiaries that they, you know, that that they own, the different production companies that they've owned over the years. Like, they have a lot of content that they need to start filing out onto this service. Um, and that's... I HBO Max has more 
content on it than the Disney than Disney does. It has all the TV shows that they've produced, you know, that Warner Brothers has been a part of. Like the TV shows, the movies, everything they have on that, it's it's actually a they got 27 seasons of Supernatural. Uh, and that, I don't know if that's I, I didn't question it when he said uh, it, though. Because <laughs> that's a W. Yeah, I, I actually CW don't know if that's on, like, on HBO Max. I do know it's on H, or, uh, Netflix. Um, but, I mean, they have uh, uh, Parks and Rec on there. Like, Parks and Rec was taken off the other services because... It's one of those things that they own, so they put it on HBO Max. Like, Peacock, that was going to I, Peacock. Yeah, it's H- NBC Universal. Yeah, it's got a ton. It's got a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. I don't know. It's got. <laughs> it, it, does have, it, does have, it does have friends. It does have friends. It's got a lot of TV that I wasn't aware that they had a part of, but they launched it with. Everything where I will have to say Disney Plus launched with a very small catalog. It launched with three hours worth of us watching a previews of ten second clips of everything yeah. that it was launching with. John, it was a lot of content. That was a lot, of content. a lot of content that I felt I needed to watch. Uh, I think I I have. I enjoy Disney Plus. I paid for three years for it. Like, I'm, I'm in there. I, I like it. I, I think out of the three of us, I'm the only father who has a son who I'm happy that I have things on there. Uh, trust me, Bluey is one of the things I'm going to talk about. Like, I'm, I, I can't wait for season Muppet two Babies and Bluey. Bluey. Not because my son watching it and we've been streaming it off of the the disney channel app uh on but it's not on it's not on uh disney plus yet but i can't wait for it to be on there because i've watched a lot of fucking bluey in the last year and uh i'm I'm looking forward to season two (laughs) Hey, I you gotta shut a kid up somehow. That kid, that kid loved Muppet Babies. I know. Yep. Uh, yeah, Chris, you were about to say something about. I was talking about making money. Uh, yeah, well, it is. It does stop. bear like noting that Disney runs their quarters different than any other business does because right now for Disney, they're basically like ending their year, they always have their quarters begin with the holiday season. That way they start the year off really strong where everyone else is now winding down. So for them, like their holiday season starts their year off. Like it's the start of the year. Bam. Like year. look how great we're doing. Uh, but on their last investor call, they actually refer to everything else that was happening for TV and then theatrical releases as their, legacy platforms mm-hmm. now when you hear legacy that's just one of those words that just conjures up like oh old archaic this is the stuff that doesn't really matter anymore but you still 
added into what you're doing because it, we've even talked about it on the show. Like everything else now is how do we work this into the streaming stuff? And that goes to what you were saying before where Disney streaming platforms, it's not just Disney plus, but they're also looking at stuff like Hulu because they own that ESPN and then every other legacy platform, which is the more terrestrial stuff. You're like ABC, Disney channel, the theatrical releases. Uh, but to piggyback off of what you said, like this came out at the right time because little did anybody know that we were going to be heading into a pandemic where their theme parks were going to be closing for months. And we're still at the point where Disneyland, the original theme park, has been closed since March of like 2019 or 2020. Like almost a year has gone by and Disneyland has not been open for anything and that's netted like almost billions in losses for the parks because outside of just annual pass holders that are going there, that's like a tourist mecca that people just can't travel to now because you literally can't go anywhere or you can't go and then not quarantine once you get there or get back. So Disney's also being affected by the travel industry, but you know what's not being affected? sitting at home and just putting on something to watch because you've been stuck sitting at home. So it's no doubt that Disney is sitting there looking at the numbers that they're able to do from something like Disney plus and say like, okay, well people are watching this, but not only are they watching it, but they're also talking about it. They're constantly looking back to it for what else is coming out. And I think big conversation thought we would have talked about this at the end, but I think Disney plus is probably the strongest competitor to something like Netflix where they just have that wealth of content that they can draw on, but then they have the resources to invest in to create something new. Well, I have to say that at the very beginning of Disney plus, we had all the Disney movies coming out on Netflix before Disney Plus was a thing. Like, uh, I saw Mary Poppins Returns on Netflix. I saw Infinity War. Well, I watched it in the theater, but also on Netflix. Like, those were all being released on Netflix, and it seemed like that was their game. They're like, okay, we can get, we can make money off of Netflix. And then all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? We can probably make more money if we streamed it all ourselves. And they had the ESPN like Plus app going. They bought out a company. Disney bought out a company that, you know, kind of did live sports and kind of streaming um, before this all happened, like two, three years prior. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Disney Plus kind of got announced, but not really announced because we didn't know the name of it. We thought it was going to be called Disney Play for a while, and it was just. Boom, here we go. Like, it got announced, and I don't think it was too, too much long afterwards. It was under a year that we actually had it released. And that first day, there were some people that had a hard time getting on. Like, he <clears throat> had that little I had like, that. Mickey and Goofy out in space, like, oh, technical difficulties. But you just hit, you, you just went on it and was just, too. like, picked a different title. I, had, and, I like, did I have some, like, first yeah. day. On my phone. Sorry, the connection's not good, but it was like 
it was like first thing in the morning, and by the afternoon, I was able to easily stream. Mm -hmm. People were texting me like, hey, you know how to get around this? Uh, our super yes. yeah. friend of the show? Has Greg bought yes. a beer? Yes, he has. He's a super friend. A uh, super friend of the show, Greg. He, he was texting me like, hey, uh, did he get hmm. the Sarah message? Like, what do I have to do? Like, <laughs> I want to watch the uh, Spider-Man show from the 1990s right now. Like, the X-Men show. Right now. Like, this is what was promised to me. Let's go. And I'm like, I don't know. Just hit back and, like, just picked it again. And it, it started working. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, uh, so I think it had, like, I know that first day, like, maybe a little bit of issues for some people. But it was a pretty flawless, smooth launch. Right? Like, yeah, I, same thing. The day I, that it launched, that? they were actually uh, remodeling my apartment. And I wasn't allowed to actually be at home from 9 a.m. until 5 or 6 p.m. every single day. So for me, like, my days off were like, okay, well, what am I going to go to do to fill this time? But that first day when it actually launched, I think I had to work that day, but I still had time from when I had to be out of my apartment to when I had to be at work. So I literally went out to my parking lot loaded Mandalorian episode number one and then sat in my car and like watched it theater style because I just put my phone in my overhead panel where I, you know, you can put your sunglasses or whatever else mm -hmm. uh, and then watched episode one of the Mandalorian is like, you know what? I have no regrets for what I've invested in this streaming platform because this was the first streaming platform that I pre-bought my first year for. Everything else I've ever done, right. I've just done the monthly plan where it's like, okay, it comes out, I watch it, oh, I'm not watching this anymore, cancel it. I paid upfront for Disney+. Plus. And even when this was announced, at that point we had already had the DC streaming platform announced and come out. And when that was announced, I was like, well, no, they don't have enough. There's not enough there to make me be like, Yes, let me put down $75 to pre-buy this because there's enough content for me to consume over the upcoming year. Uh, can I just say, I saw that price point and I'm like, okay, what can I buy for that price point? Oh, I can go on Amazon and buy all four Batman movies on a single DVD for like $3. And I can buy the Blu-ray set of uh, Batman, the animated series. That's all I'm ever going to watch on Disney, uh, on that, uh, the Disney, or DC Universe. So, I'm good. I And I just saved like $70. Like, but it, it was even crazy. Then, as a Disney fan, I knew there was going to be enough of a back catalog there for me to go back to. Because even though I own a ton of <laughs> Disney DVDs or Blu-rays, there's still stuff that I haven't been able to buy because it's not readily available, like bed knobs and broomsticks or Gargoyle Season 2. Like, there's things that you want to watch that you just can't find. But then the other stuff that they had announced and promised coming out, and then everything else that you knew would be released eventually, because it's a Disney property. And they, kind of they also no launched with fan-favorite things that people have been asking for for years. Black Cauldron. Uh, a, a thing that my sister and I, actually each of us wrote to Disney to ask the release was the Mr. Boogity. And 
Bride of Mr. Boogie. Like, that was a thing that my sister and I loved <clears throat> watching when we were kids, and we wanted to watch it as adults for that nostalgia thing that we were like, we can't find it anywhere. And it wasn't on YouTube. Uh, but it was one of those things that I was like, I want, I, I want this. I really want to watch this. We, we sent a thing, like, you could email him, like, hey, can you do that? And there was like, uh, yeah, maybe sometime we'll do it. But it was like little cult favorite things that they had that they made sure they launched with. And, um, that's something I appreciated. Chris, there was a girl that you you dated in your early 20s that had Mr. Boogity on VHS that we sat and watched it with. And I was like, I can't believe you have this. Yes, I, I'm hanging out with you two, but yes, put this, put this on for me, please. I will gladly watch this. And Chris was like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> but it just was one of those things like, I'm glad I can do it. With, like uh, Return of Oz was one of those things. It was one of the first things I watched on Disney Plus. Like I like that they launched with a lot of those things that they had that, that were their cult, you know, favorites. So we, we've beat around the bush for a bit. So starting off. <clears throat> Paul, what is your best of? And for this, we'll each pick two. Two things that okay. we think is like, wow, you have Disney Plus, you need to sound and watch this. <clears throat> well, okay, I'm going to go with this one first because I think probably somebody might else pick it, but, you know, I'm going to pick it. Uh, during COVID, Disney kind of realized like they have a captive audience right now and they wanted to put something else out. Uh, this was going to be released to theaters first, and then eventually maybe folded in. And they decided, no, we're going we're gonna to skip a whole year. <clears throat> it's near Independence Day. We want to be patriotic. We're going to show you who the founding father on the $10 bill is. That's Alexander Hamilton. <clears throat> Hamilton being released on Disney+. Plus, like, it's a... It's a thing that I would have never have gone out to watch at a theater. You know, an actual, actual theater. Because one, I don't like people. So them being, I don't want to pay to actually see actual people on a stage. Like, that just puts me off. Like, I want to scream. Such a weird fucking dude. I don't want them to be real in front of me. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But it's such a great filmed entertainment like two and a half hour like thing that happens and it's on Disney Plus it happened a few months after it was released uh and it's great it's wonderful like I've put it on so many times since then like I think I've had it on my television like multiple televisions like seven eight nine different times and let me tell you I love Alexander Burr in that. He's so good. And the guy that plays George Washington, amazing. He has a grav. The guy that plays George Washington just has that presence and gravitas that you're like, yeah, I'd follow him into battle. Like, I get it. Like, let's go. Let's chop down cherry trees. Let's uh, kill some yeah. British uh, people. My wife and I let's saw go the play. with that guy. 
uh also when it really became part of like when it was huge and on broadway um we got the soundtrack and we listened to it on a drive to toronto like we were going to toronto like what should we do oh let's listen to the hamilton like i can i can pull it up like boom let's 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 do that and we did that we've loved this since it really became like a thing um so when this came up yeah it was one of those things that we sat down and watched and it was like grayson's at daycare we're both home we're cleaning the house what do we do paul's got a great uh beard uh beer mustache going uh and it was like we played we put that on and we just turned it up super super loud in the house so my light my wife could hear it in the dining room and she was cleaning in there and i was cleaning in the living room like it's great i've seen it i've heard it seen it live and now seen a production the original cast production of it that's great Uh, I love musicals, but I'm not necessarily someone that will always go to the theater to see a live show. Um, last actual show that I saw was when I lived in Grand Rapids. My ex and I went to see the touring company of Mary Poppins do a show there. And then prior to that, I don't even know. It probably would have been something like... Uh, Phantom of the Opera when I was in elementary school in sixth grade. I think we went to Toronto to see it. I had seen it before. I think you couldn't my family just go, went to go you see were it, working but, and couldn't get out of work when we we went to see the Evil Dead musical. Evil and Dead. Paul, who's yeah. going to the bathroom right now, uh, he was able to go. Funny story, right before that, I was on the... Uh, before we saw the production, we stopped... Uh, at Elmwood Tacos uh, got dinner and I was on the phone with my father and the girl I was going to see that with Paul was like whispering in her ear and I was looking confused as I was talking on the phone and then Paul kicked me in the nuts uh, it was pretty funny I liked it oh I didn't <laughs> like it but I, I appreciated it uh, but anyways go ahead Chris so, I love that Paul it's comes back and doesn't happens. know what we were talking but about. I'm not the... It's okay, because he'll get it. I love the theater experience. I just hate the fact that I'm not someone that can always go to the theater. And because of that, I'm not the kind of person that's going to listen to a soundtrack to a show that I haven't actually seen. Because that feels cheap. I don't... Even if it's just like start to finish, this is the soundtrack, I know I'm missing out on things because I'm not actually seeing it played out in front of me. So I can't do that. And as Hamilton was becoming a thing, I had friends that were so into it. And I was like, no, like, I'm not going to get into this yet because I haven't seen the show. Like, I need to get that full experience. And I'm so happy that I was able to get that from Disney Plus with the original cast because as soon as it launched 
I sat down, I watched it, and then afterwards I was like, okay, yes, I love this. I get why this has been such a big cultural touchstone for the past, you know, four years because it is that good. And I feel like I was able to get it in the best way possible that I have now watched it multiple times on Disney plus the soundtrack has been in such rotation that I'm now getting Spotify recommending me other musicals that I will not listen to or other stuff like the soundtrack to over the moon that has Phil Pasu who plays Eliza that made me be like, Oh, I like this song. Oh, it's Eliza from Hamilton. Oh, she's on this new Netflix thing. Oh, let me watch that. Like it, you, you mispronounced it. It's Eliza. I always say it that way at home. Not on the show, though. <laughs> uh, but I'm so glad this was a thing that came out when it did, because, again, I was stuck at home, and this was something to look forward to when I literally didn't have anything else besides, like, okay, well, I'm going to go to a brewery today. Not a bad thing. Get some beers, come back, play video games, read comics, and then eventually go to sleep and wake up tomorrow and continue on. Not this. a bad thing. Continue on in this repetition. But I, I'm i glad I got to watch this at home instead of going to the theater to see it. And when I say theater, I mean the theatrical release for it because it just it gave me something to be like, oh, like let me get a pizza and wings and, and sit down and just enjoy this. And I did right from the get-go. One, you would have to buy like a season's worth of tickets in order to go see this one thing. Or two, you would have to win a lottery in order to go see this one thing. Or three, you'd have to be friends with somebody that won the lottery that would give you the tickets. Uh, yeah, a uh, friend of the show, Ed, and his and wife, John when it came to Buffalo, uh, they got it. their, they were one of the people picked to be able to see it because it was huge. It was going to sell out and you had to get part of this lottery to get it and they said Uh like we got it do you want tickets and we said yes please and they bought us our tickets as well as their own and that's the thing and then for it to just be like dropped on Disney Plus like awesome like I listened to the soundtrack I was part of the you know group that was we were talking about it well before because I heard about it on Good Job Brain like honestly on the podcast and I'm like oh what's this Hamilton thing and then listen to the soundtrack and I'm like I really like this this is going to be fun like it was hard to piece it all together without seeing it but once you saw it you're like oh now I understand how all these songs kind of work 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 Work, work. looking for a mind at work you are my and if I'm so good. if I'm honest, of the three of us, if we were the Skylar sisters, I'm, <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, that's my favorite thing that's ever been said at any of yeah. these shows that we've done for ten years. Uh, yep, we know it. But just to move on, oh, Peggy, John, because I could probably talk about Hamilton for like another hour, John. What was one of your favorite things to launch within no. the special? Well, can I ask, did I steal anybody? I, I think there's a, no, I, I, I there's have a lot backups, on there. But that would have been a uh, list of uh, yeah, I, I, I have to backups. I think we uh, all came fully loaded on this I one. I mean, 
Come on, it it's got to be Mandalorian, right? I mean, yeah, that's that's right, right. that was one of my I, that's things. Why I didn't want to do. I didn't want to take that's that. That's why out. I have I mean, backups. Mandalorian's the best thing uh-huh. to come out of Star Wars since Rebels. So Star Wars, sorry. Star Wars, uh, but I like since the Star I think Wars Rebels. Started. I think um, Clone Wars. Those are all things that pay a lot of tribute and respect to the movie, original movie series and to the expanded universe. And I think Rebels is the first live action thing that's done that. Uh, and I, I mean, you can hear Chris and I for what an hour talk about this first episode of season two uh, on the movie fix on our main feed. You can just get it. It's free. We're not going to charge you extra for that. Uh, just, just get it. Just do it's it. It's download automatically. You probably listen auto- to it already. To, Why wouldn't you? Do we have listeners? Uh, <laughs> we, we do. I, I look at those <laughs> you should share those with us because I'm I still better lost. about myself. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's just one of those things that pays, pays so much respect to everything that's come before it, whether it be in the books, whether it be in the cartoons, whether it be in the movies. And it's one of the best, it's the best live action thing that's happened since Return of the Jedi. Oh, Paul's, Paul's not, Paul's not sure about that. See, I, Rogue One, if, mm. Star Wars uh, okay, retrospective. You can I look only forward watch to whenever Rogue we do that for the rest of your life or The Mandalorian. That's more complicated. Mm-hmm. You're asking me to sec mm-hmm. two what, hours what you, versus. What do you? What do you pick, Paul? What do you pick? Hours of Mandalorian. Can I finish? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Can I finish The Mandalorian? Like. Because I've seen the end of Rogue One. Am I allowed to watch no. the end of Mandalorian and then choose one to rewatch? <laughs> I don't think that's a fair comparison. Well, I think. You know what I mean? I think both of those, so Rogue One and Mandalorian, both do the same thing well, where they're kind of picking up a story with what you know about the universe already, but then expanding upon it. And that's what I think really works about Mandalorian is because it's such, it starts off as such a insular, small story. It's a bounty hunter going out at a job. And then it just grows into a bigger adventure. Like you're seeing a bigger story. You're meeting more characters throughout it. And, Every good RPG. And ever. now we're in we're in the second season of it now, and now the story's even more expanded because we are drawing from stuff like Clone Wars and Rebels, as well as the movies like we got in the first season. Mandalorian is Star Wars done right? Because it is treating as like well, no, it's that small story that just has those touch points of that bigger universe. So you know everything else that out there exists, but it's still telling just that one story. Din Djarin, who's tasked with a job, 
that becomes a whole nother job as he's sallying forth. I do want to say here, with especially with this latest episode, uh, we're recording this, of course, on uh, November 18th, so the last episode was The Heiress. Yeah, right? you watched it. I'm glad. Finally. We haven't been able uh, to talk to Paul about Mandalorian yet. And we get the spoilers. Anybody that's now listening to this uh, for The Heiress. Uh, we get Bo-Katan. Now, I wish there was in the extras, if he hit extras, there would be the episodes yep. where Bo-Katan shows up on Disney+. Plus, Or, just to let less people know, like, no, no, she's a character in Star Wars. Because there's people like my dad, who's like, hey, have you seen this Mandalorian? It's like Firefly, but in Star Wars. And that's, he hasn't watched the animated stuff, he hasn't seen Clone Wars, he hasn't seen Rebels, he's never going to watch Resistance. Like, there's, it's there in the menu system, but why but would he click on If it? he real, he's, if he, he really wanted old, to know, or if he talked it's to It's an you, animated show for kids, like, most people would like to do. Uh, uh, you could, no, but my dad doesn't talk to me. Everybody knows that. Like, we talk about the Sabres, which is a hockey team. Sorry, listeners. Sports. Uh, but and here's the thing is talk about if anybody like homework if anybody that are is around online and whether or not in I'm, some capacity you know, doing well. somewhere it's going to pop up this is what you missed in this episode. And if you were and if you were like, Ooh, I really like this episode, Easter I want to see if there's anything episode, about it yeah. and you searched this episode, it automatically would pop up with a hundred different things to explain who she was and why you should know who she is. And you could look up and find it yourself. I don't think it's Disney Plus's job to give you that in their extras. That's, that is up to, that is, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I, Disney, are you, are you saying it's not Disney Plus's job to actually make you watch more Disney Plus? Because I think that's 100% Disney Plus's job, is to make you watch more Disney Plus. No, I I agree with John because I think there's enough stuff here in Chris, this episode are you okay? to kind of hook you in. Sorry, I, I live. Yeah, I, I live by a fire station. It happens. I've mentioned it before. It's like a mile down the road. Um, Chris is Chris is the South Burn. Are you? It okay? just happens. Uh, I think. <laughs> Whoa. It happens. It will rise again. The South There's will- enough... <laughs> no, do not support. Do not support. Um, there's enough stuff, I think, in this episode to propel Din Djarin's story forward. He was tasked to find, you know, this ancient order of sorcerers. To do so, he needs to find other Mandalorians. His story's progressing. It just so happens to intersect with Bo-Katan's story. And as soon as uh, my girlfriend and I watched this episode last week, once it was over, I went to, it was, it's like season three of Clone Wars, maybe episode 12? I don't know. Um, It circles back, though, because this is where you get your first appearance of Bo-Katan in Star Wars canon. And then pre-Vizsla, 
another Mandalorian is actually voiced by John Favreau. Favreau. Thank you. I was so blanking on his name. I knew where you, you were going, so I was. So I had it, it all kind of like circles back in on itself. So it's a lot of fun as a Star Wars fan to see that kind of stuff. But as we were watching the episode, there was that moment that just clicked as we were watching, and she's like, "Oh, that's the girl." And it's like, yeah, like this is all stuff that's kind that's of Starbuck. Happened. It is Battlestar Galactica. Katie Sackoff, she's back. Yeah. In That's live how action Kate now. Recognized her. Um, wow! <laughs> Points to Kate for recognizing uh, Katie Sackhoff. Kate's like, "Is that Starbuck?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's Starbuck, and also Amulet from The Flash." She's like, "Didn't recognize her without her big British accent." I did not get that far into it, but there's enough stuff I think in this episode that leads into the actual Mandalorian story, but then also draws off of that wider Star Wars. I don't want to say expanded universe because that means more. I, novels, I can understand the canon. Paul in a sense where you're Which, saying, I'm coming I'm coming around to you. Like I'm coming around in this in this conversation where I could mm-hmm. No. But I don't think like in the extras yeah, it should have, you thought like, about it. To me in the extras it should be things <laughs> about the show. But there should be something that might pop up like if you like the characters that appeared in this or you want to learn more recommended are these episodes mm-hmm. where you can learn about these characters. Recommended. And I think that could and would help. But again, at in the essence, in the essence of everything, in the, it's up there to is a recommended. It's not up okay. to the service to say, hey, you should watch this. It's up to you to go, hey, I don't know who this character is. I then need to look it up. I, I knew... It was in our quote unquote world where we're really, we have our finger on the pulse a little bit more. We knew that Katie Sackhoff was cast as this character that she had voiced in the Clone Wars. I love Mr. The, Boogie. I am not growing up. I am kid. not the only one. And I don't expect Why my service to let it? me know. Why did they launch with it? I don't expect Disney Plus to let me know this, that there's I, I a Mr. Boogity 2, the Bride of Boogity. Why would they launch with Mr. Boogity and then Bride of Mr. Boogity when it was in, like, the Sunday movie, whatever it was called, like, the Sunday episode, like, 456 and f- 591. Like, it was something that was in there, like, their TV movie of the week that they played every week on Sunday they launched with those titles mm-hmm. in there. It's because there's a cult following for it. Because that all of... Well, there's a cult following, but, <laughs> but it's saying. also content that they can just put up there that, like, eventually someone will And here's the thing. Where's the curse it of might Long become John one of their they recommended like, it might be something. And he drove a big cigarette boat. And that wasn't... They didn't launch with that because nobody remembers that but me. I, Where's Watcher? Watch, Watcher, Watcher in Where's the Woods, Watcher I the would wood. love. I, I would agree with Lily you, Billy Davis is one of the, her last movies. <laughs> but I'm just saying, but if you watch Mr. Boogity, you expect, you expect on Disney Plus, under-recommended, to see Bride of Boogity. Is Halloween Town any good? 
And also Caitlin, Halloween Town. Caitlin was talking and a lot. Like, she was talking it up, it and is. I was like, mm, I don't know. No, it is. It is. You have to okay. you have to go into it knowing it's a Disney Channel original movie. But I guess what? Stars Debbie Boogie Reynolds. Also not very good. But it's fun. It's not Hocus Pocus fun, but it's like, it's seasonal watching. Oh, it definitely goes top of the list. Hocus Pocus. Yeah, you know it. Then, Halloween Town. Have you seen Halloween Town? And then Mr. Boogity, which I haven't even seen. Then I can understand you listening it that way. Yes. But I I would say it starts with... But I'm just saying, John, would you be upset if under-recommended Mr. Boogity wasn't even listed? Yeah. It would make sense. No, Do no. They while have watching a Mr. Boogie. All right, and that's I, all I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm like, hey, I, I've had this. Just, I've had yes. it for a year. I didn't even really real, realize that. Yes, but yeah. Okay, but if you go, but you, yeah, if you, if go you to click on the title, those pop up underneath. You have. I'm going to have to check. Uh, a lot of it's like, oh, because you watch The Mandalorian. It's like Star it. Wars. It. Solo. Clone. Like, there's things there, but it doesn't actually say, like, hey, if you watched Mandalorian. I'm on Disney Plus, right? Like, watch this episode. Like, it's not so much. Suggested. Like, focused. Oh, it's, it'll literally say, I'm like. I'm sorry, it's suggested. It'll be like, oh, honestly, you like Star Wars? Here, watch honestly, this other I just, Star Wars I just stuff. Put this out. I here's here's what we got. You. It's up to you to to watch more or figure out what else is up there. Chris, what is your number one pick for this? Well, it's, it, I, I said we'll each pick two, and we're already like two hours and 18, episode, uh, 18 minutes into this episode. Uh, for me, one of the things that I didn't expect to love as much as I did once Disney Plus launched with some of the documentary series that they came out with as well. Because there's a great wealth of content. Not only do you have everything that's come out from National Geographic, because yes, now Disney owns that with that Fox acquisition, but there's a lot of stuff that kind of feeds off of Disney history. And the thing that really caught me was Disney, the Imagineering story, where they literally draw from... Walt starting the company up to present day, where each episode is kind of continuing the story of Walt Disney and his company and what they were able to do based off of certain periods of his life and then the life of the company. Because I wish there were more episodes of this, because where it leaves off is very teasing for stuff that they have announced, but didn't necessarily like confirm was happening but there's so much history to the series and they had just unprecedented access to the Disney archives where they could go back in and show you the original original audio animatronics and artwork that they were able to draw from for just making the rides that someone's going to wait in line for go on and be like oh yeah that was the spooky house ride, but no haunted mansion has a long storied history and they will tell you about it in this uh, docu-series. And 
even as a Disney fan who knows a lot about not just the properties, but the parks, I got to see stuff in this series that I had never seen before. And when you guys were coming down last year, this is one of those things that I was like, Paul, like you're trying to get your wife hyped up for Disney world. Watch this. Uh, before this episode or before we started recording, I, I was looking at my book and all this other stuff and Kate came into the room. She's like, what are you up to? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to look through Disney plus and try to figure out what I want for this. And then she started talking about the Imagineering series, uh, Imagineering series. And she's like, it really got me hyped to go see, to go to Disney World. So you're exactly right, Chris. Like, I, I put that on because, you know, we were kind of getting hyped up to see these rides and everything and, and, and do the Magic Kingdom. Because that's all Kate and I did. We, we only did Magic Kingdom and then we did a day at uh, Universal Studios. Uh, but we r- rode that stupid, really, really stupid ride of Peter Pan. <laughs> because uh, of the stupid I, I just like series. to piggyback on what you're saying. Like this okay. is something my my wife and I watched, uh, and the thing, two things we liked about it. One, it didn't shy away from the bad stuff. Like when they when they when they fucked up, when things weren't work, it, it didn't it didn't shy away from that. Mailed and even in. the some of the other series too, like. And they let you know, like, yeah, this is when stuff wasn't going so well and we made poor choices. Like, they didn't just cover it up. The other thing that, like, my wife, and when Caitlin and I were watching it, was like, well, like, I want to go to Euro Disney now. Like, if we go to Europe again, we should go to Europe Disney. And she's like, yeah, I want to see, like, I want to see that castle. I want to see them do this. And then it came, by the end of it, was like, so we need to do the ones in Asia. We need to do all of them because You're they seem amazing. They seem Tokyo better Disney, than Shanghai Disney. We we go to Florida, Chris. Work, you know. We we go to Florida and we go see Disney with Chris, and we've seen those a lot. And it's like, how come? How come Florida Disney isn't as good as like the rest of the world? Uh yeah, and it's just this is one of those things like we've we've been to Dis I've been to Disney more than I thought I would be in my life because Chris lives in Florida and we're able to go to Disney a lot. To the fact that it's like I don't need to see a lot more Disney. Let's just hang out as friends and go find breweries in the area. But then, like, seeing the rest of the world's Disney, I'm like, well, how come we don't have that? And I say we don't have that as if I'm in Florida all the time. But we... No, as someone that's in Florida all the time, I'm like, why don't we have, like, Disneyland Paris's version of Space Mountain that shoots you off in a cannon to the moon? Like, seeing that stuff on screen, because... As someone that lives literally like 15 minutes away from Walt Disney World, and I can just go there on a day off, like, I've never really looked into other continents, Disney's, because I don't plan on going to Disney Paris or Shanghai or Hong Kong or Tokyo. Like, 
those are pipe dreams for me. But getting to see what they have there and just the amount of care and love that's gone into those parks and the attractions there, that makes me be like, wow. And it does seem like now they're starting to fold some of those things in. You're gonna, we're gonna get the. I say we're gonna get the. You're gonna get the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ride. They're redoing uh-huh. Epcot. Like Epcot, I think is gonna be really amazing when they're done with it because of all the successes they've had in other <laughs> in other countries. But like, I, I think it was Shanghai's Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, holy crap, that seems so amazing. Like, why? Why not? Why there and why not here? Uh, and that's what I took away from that was like, this made me want to visit all the Disney worlds around the world. Why not? Why there and not here? Uh, because every time somebody tries to change anything here, I know, yeah. people freak out. <laughs> because they had the whole episode where people were freaking out about you know, yeah, oh, we're going to put it, characters in the It's a Small World, and people freaked out. It's, like, as someone who rode Mr. You can't Toad's change Wild Ride, thing. and then... You can't do it. Don't do and it. And then was on, uh, then saw Mr. Rode Mr. You know, Winnie the Pooh ride. Like, I don't know. What's the difference? Paul, I, I don't know if you went first last time. I think you did, uh-huh. but what's your number two? I didn't... And then Chris picked Imagineering, so my number two, I don't even know yet, because I went with Hamilton, and then I was going to go with Imagineering and uh, Mandalorian. I have to say, so, my number John, two number? is something we made reference to earlier, because I've talked a lot about it to my friends, and they tease me about it, but uh, it's, it's bluey. It is an Australian produced cartoon about a family of dogs. Uh, This is something that we started watching. We started watching to watch with my son. And the bizarre thing was, I think my wife and I like it more than my son. It is an incredibly fun show to watch. Uh, The healers, which if any, if Australian dogs, like a blue healer is an Australian dog. So the dogs are named the healers. Uh, and it focuses on their two daughters, Bluey and Bingo. And it is an incredible amount of fun. And there's adult jokes in it. There are, it's just one of those things that it's not just about the kids. It's about the parents and being parents. Like we get those jokes. We like those jokes. And I think you don't have to be a parent to enjoy those, but it's one of those things that we told my dad. My dad, for some reason, got a Disney Plus. And we said, oh, you have it. And he's like, we should watch, when you're watching Grayson, like, put Bluey on. And my dad will text jokes that he thinks is funny from the show. He'll text them to me. Like, the one-liners that Bluey's dad says. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's really funny. Like, and I'll text one back to him. It's bizarrely a really great show that I can't, I can't wait to be able just to have the second season at my fingertips. Uh, my wife's best friend, Aaron, will be like, I put, I put my son to bed 
And I came downstairs, I continued watching Bluey by myself on the couch. Like, it's just that good of a cartoon. It's fun. I've watched the, I've watched all the episodes a hundred times, and I don't mind watching them again. I have no experience watching Bluey. I have no experience with Bluey besides you just asking me, like, hey, if you can find any Bluey stuff to set, let us know. And no, like, Bluey merchandise didn't exist at that point. I guess it's more, like, available now, like, a year later. But uh, it looks cute, I'll say that, because I had never heard of it until you told me about it. And I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's a family of Blue Healers, which the Blue Healer is the dog that Mad Max had. So, okay, like, yeah, that's a yeah, cool-looking dog. This is, this I get is the it. thing that I knew that both of you both of you wouldn't get. I honestly, I would have gotten Disney Plus not having a child. Would I have watched Bluey if I didn't have a child? No. Am I glad that I have a son so I could have witnessed this show and liked it? Yes. I honestly, I've told you both, like, hey, you should just, just check out an episode. Like, it's it's a cute show. It's fun. It's loving. Like, it's something that there are quick little episodes, and you could watch a bunch of them. You could probably watch, like, four and a half hour. Like, it's just a really cute show. I love it. I can't wait for season two to come on to Disney+. Plus. I've been watching it, streaming on the other services. But this, it's great. And I picked this over knowing that, like, DuckTales, the new DuckTales, which I loved and we've talked about in the past. Like, I picked it over that because it's, I, I would watch Bluey over DuckTales. Wow. Impressive. Uh, Paul, something, something else okay. you consider the best of Disney+. Plus. My, so it's not really a series or anything that came out in Disney Plus, but how they're doing it as a streaming service of like packaging all their Halloween specials. Okay. Yeah, where boom, they got all the Halloween episodes, all the Halloween movies together. Now they're doing the holiday ones, where they're doing not just holiday movies, but also the uh, themed episodes. So I have to say, I never watched The Simpsons growing up. Except for in school when they played like the episode of uh, the Raven for uh, you know our English class one time like in like ninth grade or maybe it was tenth grade you know Edgar Allan Poe so I was able to like just load up all the Simpsons Halloween horror what is Treehouse of Horror episodes one after another after another it's so great. Like, Netflix doesn't do that. Netflix doesn't, like, just gather up all the episodes of a certain series for the Halloween or Christmas episodes. But Netflix, or Disney Plus does. And I have to say, that's one of the best things that they do right now. Um, really enjoyed actually watching The Simpsons for probably the first time with their Treehouse of Horror series. Uh, I watched the first, like, Probably nine Treehouse of Horrors. That, that's which, impressive as someone that I doesn't watch Simpsons. Before that, I probably watched two episodes of The Simpsons. So, 
Uh, I have to say, them being able to package up their holiday stuff and, and give me a like curated playlist <laughs> is one of my favorite things. Because you guys took Imagineering and also Mandalorian. So. So what was here? Uh, my number two is actually... It's not so much a docu-series, but this is another series that was created just for Disney+. Plus. And this is Prop Culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either one of you has watched this. Oh. Okay. Um, I heard about it. Well, let me... Because I'm on the IMDb for it. Uh, but this is starring Dan Lanigan. And he is a... Uh, movie prop collector, buyer, seller. He's someone that's ingrained in the culture of just buying props from the movies and TV shows that you loved growing up. But this show is all about him chasing down props from Disney movies and TV shows that you grew up with and then just reuniting those props with people who were involved in the original filming of it. And this hits such a nostalgia nerve that I did not know existed that I teared up in the first episode when he presented the actress who played young Jan in Mary Poppins, the dress that she had worn in their Jolly Holiday sequence. It's such like an iconic moment for a film, but when he finds like the dress and the hat that the actress had worn in this show and like presents it to her as an adult outside of a carousel, like she starts crying and then I start crying and it's just tears all around. But there's so much nostalgia in this show that you didn't know you had like, Seeing the original Shrinking Ray from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids brought back to Rick Moranis. Like, you didn't know you need that, but guess what? You get it in this show. And this was a show that when I had watched the episodes come out, I was like, oh man, like, movie props are a thing. They exist. I can just go out and buy them. I just started looking up movie props on eBay and, like, Facebook Market didn't buy anything, a lot of the stuff gets super expensive. But I like the fact that this show exists just to show that there is that atmosphere and climate out there that people do not just love this stuff, but they want to collect it and more so preserve it. They want to keep this as something that's like there's no Indiana Jones episode of this yet, but they want to take it and say it belongs in a museum. Like there is a respect there. And I think if you haven't watched prop culture yet, check this out because it's a lot of fun. Um, I have it open here. The first season episodes are Mary Poppins, Tron, Nightmare Before Christmas, Pirates of the Caribbean, Black Pearl, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and The Muppet Movie. It it's a great show, a lot of heart, because it's not like Dan's just someone looking to make a buck off this stuff. It does seem like he is someone that loves and respects this content, and that's why Disney came to him to spearhead the show where he is Indiana Jones. He's chasing down stuff from these movies. 
It's a lot of fun. I really hope they get another season of this. Can I just say, out of that list, uh, Line of Witch in the Wardrobe seems the most out of place. Because it's the least it's, like culturally relevant. It is, but at the all. same time, like I love those books growing up. I really dug those movies, but then knowing that there's such a history to that franchise based off the C.S. Lewis books, and then bringing the uh, the costumes that the kids wore to them like 15 years later where they're like, holy crap, I was, I was that tall? Like, I don't remember all the detail on this cardigan. Oh, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe someone saved this. Yeah, I, and it, it's I, good like, in that respect. I can see that, and it's it's not impossible to find these things. One of the podcasts I listened to, one of the hosts shared that, like, for their wedding anniversary, his wife bought him one of the bats from Batman Forever. Like, it was one of these fake bats that was, like, a prop in the thing, and it has, like, the official, like, card with it that this is one of the bats. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I never, I never thought of doing that. Even though I'm a cinephile, like I never thought of getting those extra things like that, um, because I always just thought that they were like the movie. Like, were you going to? Where are you going to dig that up? Who's going to be selling that? It's got to be worth a lot of money. Where like comic book things, chasing a comic book, a rare issue, or that. Like, we went to enough conventions where you were able to find those things, or it comes around, you're able to get that, or you're able to find that, like, rare pin that was from the release of that book in 1984 or whatever. Like, there was a way for you to find those things. Most of the time it was us going to conventions, but the internet's selling everything. You can you can find it now. And, uh, yeah, I we watched, I think, like, the first episode of that, Chris, and it was just one of those things we always intended on going back to but never did but we have so many shows that my wife and i start that we never we never finish because it's always that something else came up or i'm not in the mood for that right now i I want this or do you want to watch this documentary or, or things like that like so it was a really cool series i thought a lot of the original docuseries that they did on disney plus are all worth a watch because they don't like, like I said before, like they don't shy away from showing the bad sides of things, but they do shine on a lot of the good sides of it. And like this one. Paul, do you, what was your next best of? Oh, I, I didn't Did you? Yeah, it was the uh, Treehouse of Horrors. Oh, that's like, okay. Sorry, bundling that's, up things. That's when I came yeah, back. Yeah. And like for docu series, uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty was really good. Howard was. Really I, good. I I started uh, Howard, but I was like, I'm not. It's I was a like, little slower. It's not as. Well, I was great like just as Waking Sleeping. I was like, I'm because I'm not in the mind frame to watch this right now because I knew it was going to be a little bit of a downer because Howard Ashman died during like Disney's like during Golden Age, age. so. I knew enough about the source material to be like, yeah, this won't be a fun watch like everything else I got. Um, so, 
Next one, because we're going a little bit long. Uh, one worst of something that like you sat down <laughs> to watch and you're just like, nope, can't do it. Can't. Mr. Boogity. <laughs> No. This is. Are you guys ready to blow your minds? Uh, somebody else go because uh, the apple dumpling gang. The worst of right now. I love the go apple yeah. dumpling gang. Yeah. I think I love the apple dumpling gang. You love that again, movie, whatever it was. Uh, which would have been a sequel. But again, I it was a show. It was a movie that I loved when I was younger. That I talked about in my early twenties, and now in my late thirties, watching it, I was like. And this isn't as good as I remembered it. And uh, I I think there's a lot of those things that you remember fondly that when you go back to watch them, maybe not. It's one of the reasons why I haven't gone back to watch Pete's Dragon. Because I really loved Pete's Dragon when I was a kid. And I've thought about it i thought about watching the remake that they did and then be like oh maybe i'll compare and contrast but again it's like i don't think i'm gonna touch i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm not gonna touch either one of those because i in my heart i love those and if i watch them again now is a cynical adult i don't think i'll feel the same i might feel different if i watch them with my son and i watch him maybe feel the same things I felt when I originally watched those. Maybe then it would be something different. But at this point, like some of those things I loved as a kid, you can't go back to. I, I Mr. Boogity still stands up. I will say. Except, except for Mr. Boogity. Uh, Kate and I try to watch the Mr. Toad and Mr. The Mr. Toad. Toad part. Yeah. The you Mr. Toad part is rough. Dude. And Kate could not get through the first part. Yeah. That was a trip. The Sleepy Hollow one's good, though. And we tried, and then we got, I got to it, and he's just eating everybody's sandwiches, and I'm like, wait, that's what John and Chris uh, say that I do to people with my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I don't, I don't understand this. So I didn't actually get through that. And Bing Crosby singing and doing narration, like, it's something that I thought I would enjoy. Like, it was part of their Halloween collection. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's watch that. And it, Mr. Toad wasn't Halloween. And it was like a good 40 minutes of just waiting uh, for Ichabod I will say, and by that I haven't time, seen like, it in a, I'm done. a couple of years. I'm over this. It does, I, I think it does slightly hold up from what I remember as a kid. But Paul, to recommend another podcast, uh, what our cartoon does a great job of talking about the Ichabod uh, Sleepy Hollow that it's it's worth listening to that and then rewatching oh, the it Ichabod after front? you hear all the information they give about it. I I think it's actually kind of worth it after that because I no skip Mister Toad. But should I get through another yeah. 40 minutes of Mr. Toad? What a cartoon. Yeah. Listen Sleepy, to it. Sleepy and Hollow then, is great. And then watch the That's cartoon. That's like a Halloween after. classic. Right. Yeah. And and for me to say that I hit on one landmine, like, and that's because I took a fire on it. And Disney Plus yeah. isn't 
about I'm not going to watch things. High School Musical on there because I know it's going to suck. Like. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> that's what's <it's> there. <laughs> Fuck you! We'll talk. Musical we'll is pretty great. We'll talk. Pretty good. Uh, uh, for, for fun. For fun. I just. Uh, Thank, thank you for that. Chris, what's, what's, uh, what's your worst? It's no, it, it's not because I, I... that's It's Apple Dumbledore. No, that's finger. popped up on my, like, hey, watch this, and I'm like, eh, it doesn't look good. Um, for me, one of my worst ofs was one of the original programming things that they launched with Disney+. Plus. And this was another series, Ooh, yeah. and this was Encore, hosted and executive produced by Kristen Bell. And this was taking the cast of a high school musical, not the high school musical, but a musical that people had performed in high school and then reuniting everybody, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later to then redo the musical again on stage. And I really liked the idea and the heart of the show, but there just wasn't enough there to grab me, to bring me into it. The only one that I actually sat down and really enjoyed was, uh, I don't know what episode number it was, but it was the Beauty and the Beast one. Because rewatching that one, I was like, okay, they can all still perform. They can all hit those notes. They're all able to sing those songs. I get it, even though it's 20 years later. All right, that's fun. But I like the idea. It's just... You never chase the glory days, I because I it's never I what you remember or want it, it to be because um, it was like the first yeah. I don't know episode or two episode. It was like cringe. I was like, I can't do, I can't do this. Like it was like grease or this something. Cringe worthy. I feel I felt <clears throat> bad for all those people. Yeah. Not like you're supposed to feel like they're coming back, and you're supposed to like feel like good about it. I was like. <clears throat> I don't like most yeah. of these people. This is cringeworthy, and let's just... I don't think I need to watch this anymore. And Caitlin agreed. Like I was, I was like, you can watch it on your own, but mm, I can't do this. Yeah. I sat down to start it, and I couldn't get through it, and I was like, I'll come back later and then it was literally months down the line I went back and it was just like it was something I had on in the background as I was like eating dinner or reading comics and I was just like no it just there's such a wealth of content that this isn't something that you should yeah. seek out because the heart you you get the idea behind it but it just doesn't fulfill that yeah because you raise a glass to freedom Raise a glass and you toast, and you toast to the memory of tonight. You don't relive the memory of tonight. Do Do you want to toast with your next beer, though? Oh, it's almost like a perfect segue. I don't know if you guys set that up, but I was like, "Oh, this is the perfect time to jump into it." (laughs) Yeah, and I'm drinking from Left Hand. This is our classic. This is why we came to Left Hand to start with. This is the Disney Plus. Of going to watch your favorite movie from a kid, Mr. Boogity, and just being like wrapped up in a blanket of that boogity. The classic. And the just classic. Enjoying it all. 
This is Left Hand's Milk Stout. This is uh, on Nitro. And Original. Still the greatest. Oh. oh, smooth. It's just smooth and classic and just... It's got the stoutness. It's got the richness of it. Uh, it just envelops I, you. It's... I just push that beer on people what? who are like. What's not? What's not? I really want the creaminess of Guinness, but I don't want it to be as is. I don't want it to taste like Guinness. Well, I have the beer for you. This this beer here, it's smoother, it's creamier. Like, boom. This it's a it's a well rounded great great beer. It's got a smokiness uh, to it. Yeah, it's got a maltiness no, it's, to it's it. It's a fantastic beer. I. I love I love it. Like I I couldn't recommend it enough. I put it up in stackers all the time. Like it's it's one of those ones after the Christmas beers are done and I need to have a start a stacker of a beer in my shop where it makes sense to have it. This'll this'll be one. Like this'll be like no. It's winter. Big breweries are Big breweries are pushing spring beers right now. It's still fucking January. It's still negative thirteen out. Have have a nitro nitro milk stout. No. People are coming in for mowing yeah. the verb. And not it's not it, it's a lawn, smooth enjoyable drinker. It's not that high of a big boy stout. Like, yeah, six percent. That's nothing. Paulus, nine was nothing. Six, six is... Six, six percent. <laughs> oh, nine, nine was a relief because I was... Paul was uh, also like, uh, I don't know if I can keep going. I just want everyone to know that. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking, bud? Shit. It's all my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, my final one from the Wicked Weed... Guilty pleasures. You, you took a pause Is like we were supposed brownie. to say something. <laughs> and I'm going Yeah, no, I'm because I just want <laughs> that. Like, I want that. Did they steal a daiquiri? I want that to settle for a second. Eight point seven percent ABV. Again, it's another imperial Ooh. stout. And I did not read the box that this came in. And then I, I see a, a green. Cross plus sign on. I'm thinking, okay, Swiss chocolate brownie. No, oh. for this one they are going medicinal. It's a dank is a hemp like inspired flavor brownie. Oh, they're they're going with your edibles. Um, Imperial stout brewed with chocolate and natural hemp like flavors. So yes, this is your like hemp. Cannabis 420 inspired beer. I'm I'm not that person. I've never liked this flavor profile in anything. I don't know. Maybe maybe all that dare training worked on me, but I, I'm not I'm not the the drug dude of anything. Like I don't care. I don't know. I have enough vices in the world. It's comic books and just bizarre fucking plastic shit I like to put on my shelves. Um, I will say, though, that kind of dank hoppiness alongside a chocolate stout, it's better than it is in any of the other, like, cannabis or weed IPAs I've ever had, because at that point, it's just like, 
you're leaning too much on that wet hop flavor. I think it works better when it's cut with a chocolate, like, richness and malt to it. Probably my least favorite from the four-pack, but my favorite of the four-pack was still just not a great beer. Um, (laughs) When I looked up Wicked Weed before we started recording... They may know, like, oh, hey, we're we're known for our, like, Belgian and IPA, like, style beers. None of those are in this four-pack. Was it worth the $13.49 I spent for the four-pack? Yeah, like, I didn't hate any of these beers. I think that's better than any of the other variety packs I've had recently on the show. Will I finish this? Yeah, I don't hate it, but... Nothing here really stood out. Maybe be like, you know what? I need to go back to next time I go to my yeah, beer store. I, Wicked weed. I Let think me see what else. That was have. fifteen or sixteen. Tried weed, didn't like it. It wasn't till I was in my mid to late thirties when my wife's chiropractor or masseuse or whatever, like, she came home. She's like, she gave me some pot cookies. I was like, oh, okay. And then I ate them on the front porch on Christmas day because it was like beautiful out with my dad like that that was like you want a pot cookie yeah let's go let's go eat them on the front porch like that's like the extent of anything i've really done i've never enjoyed it uh i understand the dank and the different things that they do with hops because hops are very close to marijuana in a sense they're in that same family but it's not. It's never been. It's never been my thing. Uh, I know, Paul. You really like it. Uh, uh, always. I'm all for it. It's four twenty somewhere, right? <laughs> he uh, he said that through his dreadlocks, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm drinking from well, old... he was turning on his black oh, light <laughs> old cannabis old, old cannabis willards uh, old, from old cannabis nation willards. this is their new orthodox Indian pale ale series and this is M43 New England IPA 6.8% uh, what's nice is it actually like lists the malts, lists the hops that are in this, um, but also like on the side it says "Don't freak out by the sediment," and what you can do about it. And it says like roll the can, pour it into a glass. Like it's kind of an interesting thing to do because with those New Englands, there's gonna be sediment. There can be floaters in it, and this beer is this beer is. Yeah. Uh, this beer is okay. This is an okay. You don't have off. I'd probably put this at a three. It's there's nothing great about it. I think maybe if I had this before the King Sue, I might have liked it more. But I'm almost done with the beer. My palate should be acclimated to it. But I do keep going back and drinking it. Like it's not a bad beer but it's not a great beer. Would I pick it up again? No. If I was in Bargatory, I might desperately search out 
anything that I could maybe enjoy more than this. And if it was between this and uh, Miller Lite, I might take a Miller Lite because I I enjoy Miller Lite. It's a nice crisp Pilsner. Uh, ooh. At Mil- Miller Life and High Life are two different beers, but Miller Lite would life, be no. like Paul Hell Labatt's no, is to you. I don't have oh. a connection to Labatt's. But I would say, if I'm looking oh. for a nice, crisp, easy-drinking beer, Miller Lite is that. It tastes like a Pilsner. It tastes like it should... And I would take that over this beer. But I like Miller Lite, though. I I don't mind this beer. It- you don't want to ruin that sponsorship. I understand. So, uh, something else so. you might take a Miller Lite over for the next segment. Something that you haven't watched yet. So, this is the stuff that's been available maybe since Disney Plus launched or has come out since then that might be on your list, but you haven't sat down to be like, oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to de- devote the time to watching this yet. So, I have a spreadsheet going. Of my favorite Disney animated movies. And right now, there's a column for movies by release date and my power ranking. So far, I have Snow White and the Seven Dwarves at number 25 on my power ranking. Because that's all I've gotten to so far. It's 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 the middle. It's the middle because it's the first one I watched. And then from then on, you rank. Do I like it more or less? How much less. Oh, great Marvel movie retrospective. Yes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And uh, so I have not gone and watched Pinocchio, which is the next one on the list. And it's been out for a year, and I really thought I would have gotten this, like, gotten at least a little bit more done on this list, but uh, I really haven't. I haven't gone back and watched the the old classic movies. I thought I was going to watch Flame and the Navigator. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was going to watch all of the uh, Spider-Man from the 1990s again. All the X-Men cartoons again. Have not done any of that. It's it's. If I only had Disney Plus, I think I would have gone a lot further. But uh, there's also mine. YouTube. Actually, would be I really the like YouTube <laughs> new John? season of um, Clone Wars. I haven't gone back to finish that. I probably haven't finished the original series, uh, which I would... My whole thing was, oh, I gotta finish that series, so why don't I start it from the beginning again? And I know, Paul, like, we've talked about, like, you can just watch those last four episodes like it is a movie, but I kind of... No. No. Can I change my answer from no. uh, Treehouse of Horrors to the last? Yeah, you can't do that. You've already said it. Clone Wars because that's it's already been it's already been recorded. Those were really good. Those were really really good. <laughs> well, you know what's really sad for you? Don't Is need it. I already know that I need to watch of Mandalorian with Ahsoka. Uh, and the- they won't recommend <laughs> of Clone Wars. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, but yeah, that's 
That's okay, you're welcome. Like, it's one of those things. Like Us? as soon as it came out, I knew I needed to watch it, and it's just been that I don't have a lot of time in the day, and when I do watch something, I'm usually with my wife, and when I do get to watch something without her, there's other things out there that I want to watch without her. I'm a horror movie fan. My wife hates horror movies. I get a chance to watch something. I'll. Uh... I think we did a lot. We did more than you that. You did like four uh, episodes he of a horror how movie to keep them podcast up on the platform. Um, but yeah, okay. I. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think we did at least five to. I I, I listened. Uh, for me, something I haven't watched that I thought I would was. And this is throwing back to what John mentioned before. This is High School Musical, the musical, the series, where it's a mockumentary series done with a school that's doing High School Musical, the musical at their school. I love High School Musical. Like, unironically, I just think it's like super cheesy, but it's ultimately just a lot of fun once you just kind of like put aside any like I I crossed my arms and made a harumph Uh, there's a lot of fun to it but there's just something about the series that I don't want to get into because it's gonna it's gonna ruin those original three movies for you I don't think it's going to ruin the movies, but I feel like it's just going to be like too hyper aware and playing it up too much of what it is. I don't know. People seem to really like it. And on Disney Plus, they do have High School Musical, the musical, the series, the Christmas special coming out right now. So apparently there is a audience out there for it. I'm probably part of what this audience should be, but I don't know. It's just a fear that's keeping me away from it because I just (laughs) absolutely love High School Musical more than any straight male in their (laughs) 30s should. I went to High School Musical on ice, everybody. I paid money to go see people do High School Musical and High School Musical 2 on ice skates. That's the thing. I bought cotton candy. I got souvenirs. It happened. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm just afraid of not liking what the series is. And I know I just need to sit down and actually watch it. But yeah, my something I haven't watched is High School Musical the musical, the series. Uh, Next up, we have something you want. So this is something that you haven't had solicited or spoken to. Like, this is something that they haven't announced yet. Paul, I know yours. That they They, should do. You want a better recommendation? Well, it's fine. Oh, yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, I want uh, more. No, uh, Kate actually talked about this a little bit uh, pre-pre-show. She's like, you know what? It's Disney. 
they have a gift shop after every ride. Why don't they have a link to merchandise for things like Hocus Pocus? Like, they were selling a whole bunch of Hocus Pocus merch this year. It's just like, but I couldn't, like, find it online anywhere. But people were showing it off on their YouTube channels. She's like, why Why isn't there a link after I watch Hocus Pocus to take me to their merch? You know, to shop Disney dot, dot, shop dis, shop dot Disney dot go or whatever the website is. Who knows? Because it's Disney. Uh, she, and I thought that was a very good point. Like, all that Mandalorian merch that's out there. Why isn't there a link right off the app? to bring you to that store to get by the child merch and stuff like that. Um, just makes business sense. It's just economical. It just, it just seems I, like a way in to a sense, you know, I would agree, but I also have Google yeah, you gotta you guys. Yeah. and I mean, my nine, but you have to jump out of your app then to open up a different app to go to Google. Versus you finish the website, you finish the show. I, and Paul, it says, in a sense, I agree, uh, but at the same episode, time, 90% merch? of the time when <laughs> you know, I'm or watching stuff, you know. I'm, on my, I'm on my phone. I might be playing a game. I might be like, oh, who's You're that not actor? watching this stuff. And You're I'll pull up IMDb. Or I'll say like, oh, yeah. Deadwood. Uh Scream 2. Oh, Timothy like, Oliphant. What else is he saying? Oh, Deadwood. I always have the, the internet office. at my fingertips. Uh. <laughs> and so if I want to do anything, I can just be like, oh, man, right. I should check out if I'm watching if I'm, I'm watching that. Like, uh, I wonder what cool Sanderson sisters are, uh, t-shirts there are. And boom, they're they're at my fingertips. Caitlin, that that they that they aren't Disney exactly like, and that's why I yeah, say you're also I agree pull to your point. That like aren't the, they the should have shop. those things. Like, hey, we have that merch, right? But if you're watching on your TV, are you going to purchase off your TV? And that what that's like watching. Sorry, jumping in. Okay, that's kind of what makes me scared because I don't want to be watching something and then have it like. The pop-up be like, oh, buy a Sanderson Sisters cookbook. Like, oh, you just saw the child. Baby buy the child pram. Like, I I don't want advertisements to be popping up in my streaming stuff. Because I feel like when it happens, even watching something on uh, YouTube, I'm like, oh, come on. I just, let me get back to the content. I don't need anything reminding me to buy something. We we live in America. This is a capitalist society. Like we're constantly being told to buy something. I'm okay with it not happening as I'm trying to have that escapism and enjoy some some form of narrative content. Right. So on Amazon, Amazon Prime, when you're watching something uh, from it, it does in scene. And it tells you the but you got to pause. And what you got to pause it in, to do that. Like that are on the scene at the time. Disney Plus, when you're streaming it, it doesn't. No, you don't have to pause. Like it's 
I'm streaming it well, to you, my okay. television. So the scene is playing out on my television. See, I have I open up my uh, phone. How I'm watching? I watch. If you look up anything, the app I'm has the scene going on at the same time. Okay. So, so when I'm streaming it from my phone with the Chromecast, you know that's how it happens. So I don't need to pause. It just it's there. So I'm just saying Disney Plus could kind of do a similar thing, where it would have a you know, while I'm streaming it to the television, maybe like oh. Here's some cool stuff. Here's some cool merch that's related to the thing you're watching. Or, you know, maybe, uh, what's also related? Who else is in I the scene? I do want to say, oh, like, my wife bought on that from Target Ooh, a Disney with a child, quote-unquote, baby Yoda sweatshirt for my son. And when she was like, look, look what I got. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And looking at it, I was like, that's incredibly cheap looking and it's not a great design. And all I thought was I could go on Redbubble and find a way better, the child sweatshirt for my kid. Like, you know, like I, I agree, Paul and Paul and Chris, like the same thing too. Like I, I disagree. Like I disagree. Like they could do it in a way where it's not in your face. And if you wanted to do it, you could click on that thread through there. Yeah. But I also think like I could just do a better job finding exactly what I want by searching for it. Yeah. I. So just like how you didn't realize there was a suggestion. Nobody would, nobody would notice. I, and again, Chris, Paul, like, I would, do agree. I think no, would nobody good. would like, notice. I'm, I'm watching nobody Sanderson would care, Sisters. Except like, for me. Oh, what Sanderson Sisters merch do they have? Oh, I can click there after the movie. Yep. But... Oh, it, what, what's that on my wall? A Sanderson uh, Sisters Museum sign? Yeah. Behind me, yeah. can't see it. Can't see who's in. Sanderson's sisters. It's a great movie. It's it's one of the things that you love. Yeah, I love Hocus Pocus. It's been so much easier for us to find if you know so there were good. links. So um, good on the Disney Plus. After the movie ends, you know you scroll through, you see the extra, you see suggestions, you see details, you see extras, you see merch. The same. Uh, that's what I want, John. Uh, what would you want to add <laughs> what do you to want? Disney Plus? Or what was this yeah, segment? I th- what do you want? <laughs> what do you, what do you I want? I think what like uh, we're getting Next. Marvel shows. Some of them were quote-unquote promised this year. Obviously, productions were shut down because of COVID. So we're going to be getting them next year. Uh, Star Wars shows, we got. Like another thing Disney owns is the Indiana Jones where is the young Indiana Jones TV series? Where is a oh, new production God, of a young John. Indiana Jones? Or CBS. like a tie-in thing where it's like, hey, the Chronicles a short round. Like, I would love something tied into the Indiana Jones universe on here. You could easily do it. Like, you could figure it, they could figure it out. Uh, even if it's old Indiana Jones, where the old guy appeared and he had the one eye and he's playing the saxophone like Harrison Ford did when he showed up for the one episode, like I would be interested in an Indiana Jones world 
within Disney Plus. They have the money. They could do it. I got it. Yeah, it's Indiana Jones. He goes through, and he, there's some there's a high value asset that he's going to go find. He's going to raid this tomb, but there's a bunch of bandits around. And then when he raids, you know, gets through all those bandits, and he finds the asset. It's a baby short round. And now he's got to protect. If you pay baby short paid round, a, if you pay these smugglers. And then the hooligans paid attention. If you paid attention, sales of Yankee caps in Temple of Doom. He met short round when he was already a a boy. No, no, it wasn't great. I was was not a fan of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles when they were like, it wasn't great. But you know what? Yes, It, it it's not great. Um. I think is it the Apple of Dumpling Gang of my maybe memory? I don't know, but John, when you brought this up, it was the thing that was like, yeah, that's that's something I would watch if it just popped up. I was like, oh hey, the I feel like they couldn't call it the new Young Indiana Jones Chronicles because it's a very nineties name. But if they could circle that back, I'm okay with new actors stepping in and usurping the role. We already had it from another uh, Harrison Ford actor with Aaron uh, Eckenwright. Still don't know how to pronounce that name. And so, like, he did a great job. For me, it's more in the soul of the character. Are they able to portray that right? And if you have someone as a young Indiana Jones, that's a show I would watch. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. (laughs) Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, good job, John. Great, great pick. Good pick. Because <laughs> I didn't even like Young Indiana Jones, but yeah, I would watch it again. Um, for me, I do have the uh something you want in 2018 on a simply streaming platform. Disney introduced The Legend of the Three Caballeros, an animated series. Based off of two animated shorts that Disney had done in uh, collaboration with the American government to strengthen relations with Central America, uh, Saludos Amigos, and the Three Caballeros. And I love all these characters. Certain off, Donald Duck can't go wrong. He's great. Whatever you feel, Donald embodies that. But then you get two more with uh, Jose Carioca and then uh, Panchito Pistoles. This streaming's only series, Legend of the Three Caballeros, is kind of the precursor to the DuckTales redo series that we got recently. Where it's taking a franchise that has existed before, but then updating it, current sensibilities and current humor... Where this series, I can't believe it came out only on a Latin American streaming service because it's so good. It's so funny that after watching all like 10 episodes of this, I'm like, oh, they don't have any more. Because there's such a sense of fun and adventure to it. And it's kind of hit that Gravity Falls nerve in my body where it's like, oh, it knows what it is. 
it's for kids, but it's geared toward adults that know what the franchise is based off of. That I want a second season of Legend of the Three Caballeros. If you haven't watched it, which I don't know if you guys have, check it out. Because if you like DuckTales, if you like new DuckTales, there's a lot of fun in this show. And there's a lot of adult humor to it. And adult humor, I don't mean like, oh, they're talking about blowjobs. No, it's... It's going to go over kids. Uh, yeah, especially with those birds moving it's into clever. that house. I like that like in that, my cartoons. Uh, that housing community where they're like. Mm, mm, mm. <clears throat> it's, a, it's like it's uh, in the college it's, district. Uh, it's like it's a great. Series. It was like a frat and house. Yes, I agree. Like, I think probably before Disney Plus, when they showed up in. When they showed up in um, DuckTales, like, I started texting you, Chris, like, dude, they're in DuckTales, blah, 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 and you text back something. And then I looked up and I was like, hey, there's an actual series. And then I was like, oh, sorry, it's only it's only in Latin America. So when Disney Plus launched and I saw this was in there, like, Caitlin and I watched it. Like, we enjoyed it. It was – it's – it is fun. Like it, it's it's bizarre that it it wasn't in the states. Like it just makes sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it because it's so well done, and it's it doesn't look like a cheap cartoon that they just kind of pushed out to fill some sort of time slot. Like there's production value to it, and I don't get why this wasn't a bigger thing that Disney had supported because to put it out on a Latin American only streaming service I I don't get it because I feel like this could have been a bigger yeah, thing if they had like, supported the, as much as they had something the like DuckTales. Like, it wasn't anything that was ever on my radar till the first time we went to Epcot uh, and we were in Mexico and you were like oh uh, and it it was you, Chris, that was like, oh, this is one of my favorite things yeah, ever. Yeah, baby, that's like, how they get you. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And then I went home and I looked it up and I I found I found it and watched it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Like, I can understand why Chris would be like, oh, this is great. Because Paul and I were in line to get a tequila flight when you and uh, Caitlin and Lexi went on the ride and got stuck on the ride. And then you were like, "Oh, we thought we thought you guys would have been done by now." And we're like, "No, we're still we're still doing our tequila flight." We're still on the life for the tequila flight. Uh, and if you want to know more about it, you can watch Walt and El Grupo, which kind of outlines the story again. Documentary. It's on Disney Plus. Where. The American government actually solicited Walt Disney to go to Central America to learn about the culture, to make animated features about Latin America, to solidify relations with him. Just so it was like, oh, you guys don't want to fight us too, right? We like you. We've made cartoons about you. Amazing. It's This is just that weirdness of 
how ingrained into American culture Disney is, where it's like, no, we're we're gonna solidify uh, our we're relationships gonna send the guy that made Mickey Mouse to go talk to you. That we make cartoons. I have uh, that documentary's been on my list of things to watch, and I haven't gotten around to watch it. So it, it's it's cool. I don't know. Uh, and if you I'll think we're it, cool or cool. lame, find us over on the Facebook. Uh, check out Chris's posts over on the Instagram and Twitter. I think they go up on Twitter, right? As well? Uh, uh, find uh, yeah, them, like them. They get shared there. Uh, I have Twitter Tell minute, us what sure. you thought about Disney+. Plus. What you liked about it. What you didn't like about it. Why you didn't buy it. We'll listen. We appreciate when anyone shares anything. Uh, let us know on the Facebook. Let us know in a rate and review. Uh, please, let us know what you think. We do this show for each other as a way that almost 40-year-olds uh, who are friends that live in different areas during the coronavirus can spend time together. Uh, and when we have those little thing, extra things to talk about before, after, or during the show, it makes it uh, a, little, a little bit better for us, especially in these trying times. <laughs>